0: Just check out the audios. They we're live on YouTube, it reckons, and build at the same time.
1: Be out, Be their out, channel. out there, channel. Please sub and share. Searching for the truth. UFOs, Aliens, Greys and Ufology. Real images, real stories, real videos, real cases, researched and investigated by professionals in the field and cutting-edge discoveries. The Professional
0: Robo. Multiple
1: witnesses, (laughs) abduction accounts brought to you by Team The Out There Channel. to, be, to
0: back. be back 5 4, Five, four three, three, two, one, two, one, action action second those shields and eulogy Including the US government are clearly lying all the time
2: <laughs> Sure
0: <laughs> That's a good movie though um, The day the mm-hmm. earth stood still and Forbidden Planet are my two favorites classic sci-fis So we're at the desktop now. Uh, we're live Um uh, Thank you for joining us. Anyone on YouTube? I don't think anyone is around yet and also Pilled at the same time. Hopefully uh, all good there. Uh, Let me know if there's any glitches. Um, Actually it's quite a complex setup. We're running Jitsi which is another stream and uh, two streams at the same time off the same old poor little laptop here. (laughs)
2: yeah the resolution looks really poor
0: poor it should be 1080p rotten pulled.
2: Uh, uh no i'm, I'm not the actual live stream now on jitsy um i can't read anything of, of your apps and that there it's all it's all blurred out
0: um I think we've solved this by dropping in and out on your end because you're on Wi-Fi aren't you so you're looking pretty good here on this screen uh, so it's not my yeah end. I don't
2: think it's anything to do with my end I've never never seen it like this before anyway let, let's wait and, and, and I until know there, a there was a
0: there was a little error that popped up before so just drop out a Jitsi in and out and uh, we'll see if that fixes it Um. Is that too hard? okay no i think i can manage that (laughs) cool yeah this is the first time we've done it this like this so we'll see how it goes i got plenty of bandwidth so it it shouldn't be me that's the problem There we go now.
2: Um, better? Not particularly. <laughs> uh, uh I don't know. Nah, it's just, it's weird. Uh, bottom left looks clear. Um, all right. Yeah, uh, side looks, looks like a foreign language. Whoa. So, so can you read that? can I, hell. Okay, I can, yeah, I mean, I can read the head in there, but I can't read the smaller text, no chance. Have you got YouTube
0: running at the same time on your system? Have you paused it?
2: It, Oh, it's paused, yeah, of course.
0: Uh, Is it better quality on YouTube?
2: Absolutely.
0: I don't see why. Let me just start mine, and... We'll see if that fixes it. Sorry about this, guys. We are going from the top of the world to the bottom of the world at the same time. Uh, how about now?
2: <laughs> Hello. No, it's still awful, but mm. it's it's not not too heavy. I'll I'll have to read from my end.
0: Um, I'm not sure why you're getting it so bad. It's, it's pretty good here, apart from your extreme whiteness. <laughs> um. Mm. <sighs> uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know. We've changed it here a wee bit. What's that one? Performance settings. Highest quality.
2: Oh, jeez. Um,
0: should be working all right. Minicam. can Yep. I don't see why it shouldn't be working. Um, Pat's run YouTube at the same time and see if it's any better on that, on the other tab than directly off Jitsi here. Oh. I just wonder if you set yourself to SD somehow, um, not sure how you do it in Jitsi though. Uh. Oh. YouTube's as clear as you like it's good on YouTube is it yeah Um, so it's got to be Jitsy then must be forcing you to SD mode somehow security options um, like people I don't know it looks like it's only there where you can scroll it down why not try it on 3-4, see if that works? Let's see, best performance, highest quality. Has that changed it at all? I think that lowers yeah. the land. Yeah,
2: that's degraded it.
0: Degraded it, so that's definitely working then. Yeah. How about now? Check your yeah, one. Yeah, it's,
2: it's, it's still not what it should be.
0: Check your one up here and make sure.
2: Um, yeah, I'm on highest quality too.
0: Yep. Um, drop it down one notch. Maybe that's coming out to me, I think. Um, but I don't see why it should.
2: Yeah, I've done that.
0: No um, different. Well, no. looks like everything should be working. <laughs> okay, you might just have to watch it 30 seconds behind on YouTube then. <laughs> uh, what we got here? Yeah, this uh, that's a very small font. Sorry, I had to duck off. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, how many comments we got here? Still no good there, Robert.
2: Uh, I don't know what it's going to be like when you get a web page up, but we haven't tried that yet. But, um, I don't see it being the end of the world because hey, um, I, I can we. read it at the end. Uh, so
0: we're looking at that size font here, but I can zoom in even more, as you know.
2: Yeah, that, that's readable now. But, um, well, I'm only
0: streaming right. out uh, up to about 2 megabytes per second, and I can do up to 70 to you, so it's, it can't be my end. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, strange.
2: Yeah, I have no idea.
0: No, has me beat too. It's uh, not would
2: be false even when I had a much slower connection yeah my well, CPU's
0: holding steady on 40% so that, that's not a CPU problem um okay uh can you read that on YouTube though we are just allow for can the 30 seconds yeah because you don't just well, see what like- to be
2: I yeah, I can't go live on YouTube, Paul, because there's going to be an echo.
0: No, no, you, um, you just bring up the screen, but mute it. Hold on. And that way you better read it, but uh, the yeah, audio with
2: Yeah, that's a hell of a lot better. I'll have to put it on full screen and it'll work then. Yep. Yeah. Okay. But
0: how much of a delay is it going to be? Well, whatever YouTube is processing it in real time, it okay. could be anywhere up to thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, but we'll, right. we'll make allowances for it. Um, but I'm not sure why Jitsi's doing that to you. Um, mm,
2: that's a that's no. a
0: mystery. But they have to, they keep modifying the code. Um. yeah well anyway uh where do you want to start <laughs> so today oh, actually i need to type up the side comments today we're talking about uh, gordon cooper and his ufo's uh there's a lot of things that people don't realize about gordon cooper and we didn't until um we come across some information well pause.
2: i found out a few years ago actually paul um yeah, uh, were we just, yeah, were yeah, we um, a bit
0: suspect years ago,
2: but uh, yeah, but once uh, once once you're onto it and uh, you you have looked into it, um, there's no mistake. But uh, just to make it clear, I'm not really here to talk about Cooper and um, kick him to death because at the end of the day, I still actually have a lot of admiration for the man and uh, what he achieved in his um his career. You know but um, uh, unfortunately he seemed to be um, prone to telling tall tales yeah. and writing himself into the into the story which is um, which which um, has just muddied the waters really but the more he had talk about the Edwards Air Force Base um, film um, did it happen is there film yeah was Cooper involved those are the questions. That yeah. we're really looking at the, I mean, the first thing to do is to look at Gordon Cooper's claims so okay. we can um, yeah we can give you, um whoever's listening a better idea of what's going on so he's talking about two cases here the first one is when he was um, stationed in I've left that in the side chat Paul the first one is when he was in West Germany in 1951 And then he moves on to 1957, the Edwards Air Force Base Case, or film, whichever you like.
0: Uh, Yeah, it depends who plays it. Uh, I think we get hit with copyright uh, claims on this particular video. Um, Oh, Stephen Greer might be alright, but you know what he's like. Um, He can be vicious. But what we do is we do it under fair use, use, but doesn't mean that these guys won't won't honor fair use. Um, I know we've played these before, but um, yeah, not with me. And we just skim past the intro but Yeah.
3: We were flying in Germany.
0: Yeah, I'm not too sure how the volume is. I'll just pump it up a wee bit. Yeah, it needed to go
3: up. And we were flying F-86s. And they would come over and do the same maneuvers that we make, except every once while one of them would go to zip. And you just can't do that in a fighter, it's a conventional fighter. It's a bit
0: hard
2: it's to understand. On the
3: and <coughs> I was on visual. You could see them from uh, what started was the weatherman was tracking a weather balloon and he saw these objects with his binoculars. And so uh, uh, you know, that started people getting out and looking at them. And then we decided to put some airplanes up and see what they were. But we couldn't get uh, couldn't get to them. They were higher and faster. So we couldn't tell whether they were large and long ways away or whether they were smaller and closer in. It was difficult to gauge what their exactly what their size was. What does it mean? Though, yeah. In uh fifty one about nineteen fifty one. Do you think
2: the Russians had that kind of technology back then? No. So, um, how close would you say you might have gotten to? I mean, you definitely determined that they were objects that were under know. intelligent control, or was it?
3: Well, yeah, they weren't just random. They were flying. Uh, they were flying fighter formations, very definitely under positive control. They're just typical uh, saucer shape, d- double lenticular shape, metallic looking. I think they were definitely piloted vehicles. Each one with the pilot in it, and very definitely in communication with one another but because if you look get... at his
0: uh body language here he comes across very really, um uh, truthful he's, he's not doing the the, the 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 this side eye movement yeah. which normally is a telltale um, s- s- a sign of making up a story right so it must be some hmm. truth to this you know
2: yeah, hold on a minute. This is the nineteen fifty-one West Germany case now, and he's near vacua uh, This isn't the Edwards Air Force Base case he's talking about at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. Now I've read Leap of Faith, which I was told is a must-read with Cooper. That's his book. Um, he's got a. He's got a. I didn't have time to read the whole book, but um, I certainly read the um, chapter on UFOs and there's no way of doing any homework on Cooper's claims he mentions Mm. no names he's sometimes I mean as he just said there it was around about so there's no way to check you see what I mean it's if he's lying it's 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 clever um but there's no Mm. footnotes there's nothing in the book where you can do if you're a researcher, there's nothing you can get your teeth into. Um, that's a problem. And there's never, e- ever, with any any of Cooper's stories, anyone to corroborate what Cooper is saying.
1: Yeah.
2: That's my problem.
0: Okay. Um, I suppose yeah, the, older, older, the older cases are really hard, though, a lot harder than any modern cases, right?
2: Not if you have specific names and dates.
0: Hmm. Dep- you know, military records, be- m- a lot of that would be, like, maybe even classified, you know, still. But anyway, we'll carry on.
3: They have flights of more than than four. They'd have flights of maybe 12 or 16. And, all cro- and when they make a turn, they'd cross the flights in under, and they had to be in communication to be coordinated. Yeah, every once in a while one would zip off to the side, just do a lateral maneuver out to the side. Much as, you, much as you, if you've ever seen the lights, the, the UFOs that they found over Clear Lake, California, have seen those found? I have. How they'll sit there in formation and all of a sudden want to go Shh. I think they were extraterrestrial pilots flying, no doubt about it.
2: Well, that was <coughs> hey robert you dropped off <laughs> i'm not sure yes um it, it was nothing to do with my end again Jitsi dropped me off and i just rejoined so i don't know uh, what the hell's going on with
0: you hey. must have a second account up there in that case mm, let's have a look no because i you, don't you do you have two two of yourselves <laughs> you got a ghost one and that one really i just i just, just manually yeah, you got a ghost one. Probably takes a wee while for it to get rid of it, probably. Oh, there we go. We'll just carry on.
3: I was found I was having some camera That's music. a
0: question. Is it like, working better now though? <laughs>
3: I found the nope. installation of a of a precision landing facility we were putting in right on the edge of the dry lake. And this saucer flew right over him and put down three little gear and landed out on the dry lake bed. And they went out to, uh, (coughs) picked up their cameras and moved on out toward him filming. And he lifted off, put the gear back in the well, and climbed out at a very high rate of speed and disappeared. And so while I was uh, going through all the regulation books and finding out the number to call in Washington to report it, uh, I had them go over and develop the film. Well,
0: if he's lying, his body language doesn't show it. (laughs) By
3: the time he got back with the developed film, I was on the higher and higher and higher (coughs) level officer talking to me. Finally, with the colonel telling me to, uh, you know, when the film arrived at my desk, to put it in the carrier pouch. There would be a courier there at my office by that time already. And... And they'd arranged for him to fly in our base airplane back to Washington with these films and uh, do not run prints, et cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. So we stuck them in the courier pouch.
2: Did you watch the film?
3: We didn't have a chance to run it. I had a chance to hold it up to the window and look at it. It was certainly a good film. Good close-up shots. Yeah, good close-up shots. Nothing like I'd ever seen. Double lenticular shape. Same. Didn't have a on or anything. It was a,
2: pretty much the same basic shape. But this. So Cooper said it landed, and there was a landing gear. Well, that's not what the it's not what the uh, photographer said. I can tell you that now. Anyway, let's roll it on.
0: Yeah, just saying how hey, to Tommy's joined us.
2: Oh good, excellent. Hi Tommy. Uh also Oh I forgot what I was gonna say now <laughs> you stalked over me. It doesn't matter, <laughs> can on that.
0: Uh you're talking about um
2: Yeah, sorry. Also, yeah, he doesn't name the photographers, does he? No. And in his book, A Leap of Faith, yeah, he gets the date wrong. He's a day out. Ah. which led people to believe that there might have been two films on two separate days. But I question that. But anyways. Right.
0: Yeah. um, A day out sometimes, you know, especially if it's an old case, but for a book, you wouldn't get it wrong, would you? You'd always have someone to no, check no, no,
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's not just that, Paul. This case leaked. It's a genuine case. It leaked to the newspapers. The two ph- photographers were actually civilians. They weren't army personnel. They weren't military personnel. All right. Well, they were contractors, basically.
0: So why, if they're a private, uh, they don't get a copy of their film?
2: (laughs) The film was watched by several members of the Air Force Base. Uh, But there's no proof of that, though, is there?
0: Um, We haven't had anyone come on camera to say they were there when it
2: happened. First-time testimony, Paul. The photographers' names were James Bittick and Jack and Jack Gettys. And the boss. Not, yeah, what I'm saying whoa, is, that whoa, not, whoa, 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 hang on. whoa, whoa
0: What I'm saying though is, they're not on camera saying that on on film, are they?
2: On film, I'm not sure that makes any difference. Well, on if interview
0: well they're not been on it but by-
2: they were interviewed but it's text not on film no mm. i mean things like nightcap and Apro didn't have money for film to interview everyone do you know what i mean and a lot mm. of people wouldn't want the faces out there anyway now the right. boss they have the film into listen to this his name was frank baker not gordon cooper frank hey. baker yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, what I'm saying is was there any audio type of them talking about
2: oh, Paul Paul, you have to let me finish. And the two ph- photographers have never even heard of Cooper. Really? How's that possible? They have Well, he was a nobody in 1957. He hadn't even mm. joined the gym and I project until 1959. It was mm. a long time before Cooper right was was it was a famous figure hmm okay he would have been he would have been 30 years old at the time nothing special at all as right. we'll see mm. this time
3: i was involved in the research and development and doing very classified programs myself you know at the test center so i knew that we didn't have any vehicles of that kind and I was 99 and 9 percent sure that the Russians didn't have any of that type either. So it certainly, there certainly was, at that point in time there was no doubt in my mind that this vehicle was uh, made at some other place than here on Earth. And you send it on just like you ordered them to do and uh, you know do what they just tell you what, what they tell you to do. You know, I was working at the time, I was working on a little program that nobody knew about. We were not allowed to discuss with our family or discuss with anybody, and that was the U-2 program, so So it was in the same category, really. In my opinion, I think they were worried that it would panic the public if they knew that someone had vehicles that had this kind of performance way back right after World War II, period of time. So they started telling lies about it and then i think they had to cover another lie you know tell another lie to cover their first lie and now they don't know how to get out of it now it's going to be so embarrassing to admit that all these administrations have uh, have told a lot of untruths that it's going to be embarrassing to get out of it do you think they want to get out of it and that. well i think basically each and every president would probably like to get out of it would like to come clean on the deal and not have to uh, continue to tell this truths Eventually, when there's going to be something happen that uh, that will make all of them have egg all over their face, and they're going to have to admit that, the, you know, they haven't been truthful at all. I have a good friend who's a commercial airline pilot. He's had about... Man, he's
0: really hard to understand sometimes, the way he talks, huh?
2: Yeah, it's that drawl, isn't it? That sudden drawl, yeah. I know.
0: Mm, I, I, I was thinking maybe he had maybe a stroke uh, or something, you know, where he talks.
2: No, I don't. No, I don't think so, you know. But mm. um, you have to remember as well that it was, um, this was in the 90s. So he's getting on a bit now, you know. Yeah. Um, and um, his book, he, oh, yes, of course, he didn't even mention this story until 1978. Right, that's a long time after the event.
0: Mm. He has a kind of a um, little grin to his face when he was telling that story, though. To me, it looked like yeah. it, like he, like he was suppressing a little smile. Uh, so yeah, yeah the, I just think he might be just a really good liar. You know how people can, if they told the story so many times, that sort yeah, of they, they sort of can, can actually become very believable when they keep repeating it. You know. Uh, a bit like Travis Walton. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we uh, we just have to pause it every so often and under fee use and comment and stuff. Sure, time.
2: of course, yeah. yeah and I'll there's just go. one more thing. You have to take into account into account that his mind may have been deteriorating when, you know, he came up with some of this stuff.
0: Well, you got to remember he was probably doing a lot of flight testing and g-forces and all that sort of stuff um must have an impact on your health and of course he was a deep sea diver fanatic right and of course you get nitrogen damage over years of doing that i think builds up in the bloodstream but yeah um we got uh, another comment on pilled there. Uh, what's it say? <laughs> what's up? Uh, yep, we're discovering Gordon Cooper and his UFOs and the wee little lies here and there, and some of his past that sort of come up. Uh, but we'll just carry on.
3: The three there in the cany where one is pulled right up alongside his wing and. Setting formation with him, yeah, he's on a major airline, yeah. And it, but the airline has a policy that uh, their crews don't ever talk about UFO. McDivitt had one sighting, you know. And on each and every flight, you had your flight plan that was out in every hour, every day, hour, minute, and second. And at a certain time, particular time, if you looked at a certain degree azimuth at a certain elevation you would see a bright object or see some kind of an object because we track all this space debris and so we knew where an awful lot of it would be and what you'd expect to see but he saw this one thing shining out there that was not listed on his space debris chart so he decided he'd get a picture of it and he did, he got a picture of it but of course it was bright Metallic and just it glinted so that all you got are just the bright glint. You can't really tell any details of what it was. And then he did He he saw it for a few minutes. They tracked it, got the one picture of it, but nobody knew what it was. Well, somebody's kept it pretty secret for quite a while, haven't they? Well, I think the only thing that really changed my and I think everybody changed, you know, on space flight some extent, but. I think probably the biggest, uh, the biggest influence that it had was it was, it's a real humbler because when you look at this beautiful big universe that God has created for us and you realize you're about that part of it, you know, it, make, it makes you feel just about that big.
0: Now that object he was talking about, I'm pretty sure I've covered it. Uh, what year was that? Uh, did he say year number? I don't think he did did he? Um, Maybe they'd they'd looked into that and they found that uh, various of these ones were actually um, their own debris from that rocket launch. (laughs) So, um, you know, like they throw out, um, before they dock the Skylab, they throw out out all the rubbish that they don't need um, and all that sort of stuff. And it it ends up going down towards Earth to burn up because then the sun hits it and glints off it right um mm-hmm. so and of course you, you, you get the sheets of um ice that build up on the skin of the sh- ship that breaks away and these spin off you've seen it with the spacex high definition cameras where that's actually happened and you know you see it on ufo channels claim it as a unknown ufo avian craft <laughs> so yeah um Probably, Oseberg's probably looked into that particular claim, but wh- which one it is, I don't know.
2: But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not too concerned with that particular no. case at moment. No, one. he
0: could, um... There's just a lot of misidentification even by the astronauts as well. But there, there's, some of the astronauts also pro- played pranks uh, on each other and all this sort of stuff as well, we found out. And, uh... Yeah. Sure
3: is. A, sure takes one down. A few notches. Yeah, they got damn music. Uh,
0: yeah, it sounds like uh, Arab music. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we got a bit of message. Actually, it was
3: very favorite received at the UN. And- Kurt Waldheim was very uh, interested, and in, he, he agreed that he thought it'd be a good idea to form a committee to and to do the investigation at that level. But nothing ever got done. Kind of typical of the UN, you know. It was they talked a good game, but uh, never got around to doing anything about it. By NASA's own figures, there are some four hundred thousand other planets out there that could be habitable. Well, and I just can't believe that God would habitate <laughs> this one planet on and leave all these others barren in my personal opinion based on no facts at all I just feel that we're out here in the hinterland of all the galaxies way out in the stick and that uh, a lot of these other galaxies are closer to one another and I think they probably have a lot of travel to and wrong and once in a while we'll get a few travelers stragglers or more distant ones come through from distant other galaxies. We should form a group at the UN level to start Gathering information from around the world and when you get sightings and information and investigations Actually, let it be handled and coordinated from that level because there were a lot of countries that had information and There are a lot of countries like Russia is now the government of Russia now works directly with the the civilian UFO groups And you have a difference from
0: uh, Do we need to listen to any more of this? Looks like he's just talking. No,
2: I, 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 I believe not, Paul.
0: I think he's just talking about theory and what he believes, you know. Yeah, yeah, you got it, yeah. Uh, rather than the actual facts and cases. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. He obviously is a religious person there, from what he's saying, and he believes in. uh, obviously alien life elsewhere because the universe is big but he's talking about great distances here that they could be traveling in space and eventually stumble across us and all that but yeah i don't think they would use conventional rockets as we know even if they traveled at the speed of light the nearest exoplanet is going to be four 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 and a half years away even traveling at the speed of light so
2: yeah come um, on Paul. nobody nobody is actually seeing conventional rockets are they
0: no to get here
2: they wouldn't be using that kind of propulsion no that's what i'm saying because we can't get out of our own solar system for god's sakes no um so you can forget about that um unless they got livable
0: ships um livable ships that have been traveling for millions of years right and um they're just coronalized planets as they come across them which might be the way humans eventually Get off earth right they have these livable ships and this uh grow their own food to use uh maybe some nuclear energy to power up the uv lights and all that sort of stuff and just live on the ship reproduce on the ship and train up the next generation on the ship have to be massive massive ships but it would it, it, it could be possible um but if they were floating around like that in space as aliens, uh, you'd think uh, we would notice them. <laughs> you know, because these ships would be massive, uh, rather than the little scout ships from them. But uh, yeah, but yeah. all
2: you need, all you need is is a, is a species that's evolved maybe ten thousand years more than us. I mean, we're not going to have the same constraints now as we will in ten thousand years. I mean, the, the opposite even. We won't mm. have those same constraints yeah. in ten thousand yeah. years. Uh space travel might be poof, just common. Yeah. Like trains well, and buses today.
0: That's if they come from space. They might come from multiverse <laughs> or both. Yeah,
2: multiverse <laughs> dimensions, yeah. Yeah, yeah it gets I don't more, know. Complicated. more concerned in what they want rather than how they get here.
0: Yeah. Um so uh, on to the next bit then, if you, if, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, sure,
2: yeah, I'll leave the link for you. Well, we know. Ah, oh, yeah. Is it a video or is it something to read or what? Uh, it's, it's all text now. And fortunately, all right. thank God for NICAP because everything is more or less in one place.
0: Yeah, uh, link.
2: uh, that one cost you it? on leave,
0: cost you on leave. <laughs> nope. I don't know, they sabotage the link, don't they, when you paste it. Uh, Yeah, so if
2: you look down there, you'll you'll see the various people that have looked into this. There was um black thing. Yeah.
0: Okay. uh, It's pretty small. Yeah, you had you had
2: uh, Brad Sparks, um, uh, Sandridge, and also James McDonald looked into the case as well. That's a bit better. Uh,
0: yep. We got. uh, you can
2: see here. There's confusion about the dates. So NICAP had the date down as May the 2nd, 1957. Yeah. So Brad Sparks talks about, um, he talks about the photographers. and the object is above them at 500 yards away, but what they've done, not 50 yards away, like Cooper said. They radioed a report to the supervisor, who was Frank Baker, told them to set up the camera and try to film the object, which they did after about 10 minutes. So that's a long time. They photographed what they described as a golden luminous dome, saucer-shaped object with holes or ports around the dome, about 100 feet in diameter, about one mile in the distance to the northeast Photos show multiple objects. Yes, there's stills from the video.
0: You know what that sounds it's like? That sounds like those, um, those patents that we found across where it's got the jet engine holes going around all the outside. It sounded like an experimental craft. Um,
2: well, it made no sound, Paul.
0: It made no sound? No. Ah, uh, okay.
2: Okay, Frank Ridge also says this is McDonald case 41. The implications of what Cooper has said on camera is interesting, if true. Um, in 1957, when Cooper was 30 and the captain, he was assigned to fighter section of the Experimental Flight Test Engineering Division at Edwards Air Force Base in California. He acted as a test pilot and project manager but nowhere in the documentation below is cooper mentioned so therefore we must assume this is another case of cooper's report and there's a hint of sarcasm there (laughs) right mike swords um he mentioned he put some mention in here the issue is that Mike Miller wrote at the time, this is at the time now of the incident, that the case occurred on May the 3rd. So that tallies with Cooper's report. Later on, the witnesses told McDonald that it occurred on May the 3rd, even drew him a picture of a UFO with May the 3rd date labelling it. Then McDonald, with correspondence wherein, he said May the 3rd, Went to Project Blue Book Files and said that the official document there said May the second. So who's made the error here? We don't know.
0: Have we got okay. a picture at all? <laughs> no. Yes we
2: do. Oh we yes, do. We, we do. have that picture, do we? Oh we do, we've got pictures, yeah.
0: You mean nice. you mean James Fox never found that picture for his documentary?
2: He's not as clever as me. <laughs> okay uh, so what i want you to do is uh, scroll down to the bottom of the page there and look for the first tab highlighted in blue not that one not that there you go detailed reports and documentation and uh, documents the first one
0: that one? Top one
2: yeah top one we'll work our way down okay 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 i've got to do it at the same time Okay, so here we go now. May the third correction, May the second in 1957 at Edwards Air Force Base, California. It was morning of a tracking day at Edwards and the two-man crews were out of the stations where uh, Ascan- the permanent Ascania Friodolites were being stocked and filmed and readied. At one station about one and a half miles from Edwards perimeter, Veteran civilian operators Jack Gettys and James bittick were prepared for their part in the first test. But there in the sky, a different object awaited them. It was distant, but obviously a shiny, domed disc. Gettis and Bittick called the base controller, Frank Baker, and asked for permission to shoot some of their film at the object. Base ops took them four minutes to decide while a third light crew watched the disc, sometimes through the small tracking telescope mounted on the aschemia base, then said go ahead. Get and Bittig shot two to 300 feet of film at 30 frames per second as the object moved away, moved away. The two men took the film canister to base and made their report. The film was developed on base and everyone involved got a look at it including team leader Baker these men were veteran object spotters and had seen all manner of plane missile balloon bomb and run object drop and parachute right up to the U2 plane all of them knew that what they saw on this film was none of those things the visual reports agreed on a shiny as if metallic dome disc on the film if viewed of a magnifying glass supported that conclusion according to Baker and Bittig mm. and Baker thought that there was a series of black dots near the dome which might have been portals mm. Gettys did not see in that nevertheless he was a dome disc on film Seen by highly credible observers at our nation's top air technology base. So, yeah. So it must have ended up with Blue Book. Well, it did end up with Blue Book because, but they've never released the entire film. Mm. Those guys were the only people, well, and the guys at Blue Book who've actually ever seen, you know, the the entire film. Mm. Um, They still haven't released it. Uh, okay, the next morning the intelligence boys were Edwards, DeGrill, Gettys and Bittick. Now, I'm not sure who these intelligence guys were, but my guess is um, they'd be ISO, uh, sorry, OSI, Office of Special Investigations. That would be the intelligence Air Force branch, shouldn't it? So I imagine that's who it was. They were in plain clothes, a part of Air Force intelligence. Or even as occasionally happened in the continent, US, CIA, either way, the grilling was insulting. It's mm, mm. just sympathetic, were divided with statements like, you know what it's like when you stay there late at night? They are not. Or too long in the sun. It was the start of 8 a.m. shift. <laughs> and the desert sun will do funny things to you. Okay, so they're throwing that kind of stuff their way. Bittig got so angry that he got up and barked. They we have to listen to this effing crap? I think that that's what he said. Um, <laughs> unsuccessful in getting the trackers to admit they were mistaken in the report. the questioners told them to go home and keep your mouth shut. You understand? Yeah. Recalling those moments, Bittig said, "It's a funny thing how they try to cover up what they know." And use a stupid answer for it. The stupid answer was that Gettig and Bittick had seen a f- and filmed a balloon. Yes, <laughs> it's the balloon. This is not obviously stupid, even in the face of witness saying that it looked like no balloon and moved faster than any balloon. But they had seen many many balloons in the spotting scopes, and this was not one. Still, a balloon had been launched at seven forty a.m from edwards so no one from blue book adc or from wherever the interrogators originated bothered actually to look into the possibility of a balloon misidentification fortunately there there was in this case a conscientious deputy chief of staff staff even for operations of edwards air force base who did so Lieutenant Colonel Raymond Klein checked on the balloon launch and obtained the data on it. It was being followed and recorded at 10 minute intervals. Mm. Klein knew exactly where that balloon was throughout the theodolite filming experience and wrote to ATIC. That's the um, Air technical intelligence center, I believe with his analysis based on the above track made and the location of the observers of time of the sighting the weather boom the weather balloon released at edwards could not have been an identified object people so we're talking
0: about a craft that um gordon keeper was saying that it um landed landed on, on tripods
2: yeah. no such thing no such thing happened
0: so he added that into the story, did he?
2: He basically wrote himself into the story Cooper had nothing to do with the original film. Yeah, but that, nothing. That,
0: but he's changed the story from what he's heard, obviously. <coughs> to, to make it Excuse sound me. better. To make it sound even better. Uh,
2: <laughs> Which Cooper had a habit of doing, unfortunately.
0: Ah, uh, damn. So if this is in the report of a science saucer that actually touched down, that would have been really good. Because that would discount a balloon straight away in my
2: book. Of course it would. Yeah. Anyway, I'll just finish off with this one.
0: Right, I'll just scroll down again. Oh, right, it's another paragraph. Yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. back a blue book. Such information made no difference. The case solution to this day reads confirmed balloon. Wow. Incidents such as this one at Edwards Air Force Base are a stunning example of what depths Blue Book had reached. It was doing something, but that something had nothing to do with the nature of the UFOs.
0: Yeah, did they have this, yeah, it's always, there's no mention of radar hit here, was it? Um, is it tracking the radio, uh, radar uh, that you're talking about?
2: Yeah, that, that, That's going to be covered later.
0: All right. Okay, so we go back one again and get to the next link, is it?
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, if I'll go back. Why is it not going back?
2: No oh, hey, uh, when happens. Oh it's just oh, slow.
0: Oh dear. Oh no, it's just slow. Um <laughs> uh, yes yeah, so I'm surprised that James Fox never figured this out before making it into out of the blue movie. Well,
2: uh, I I'll tell you something, yeah if you go searching for this information on the internet it's mm. a minefield mm. you get all kinds of bull crap and it all involves cooper yeah if in doubt check my uh
0: okay
2: jan albridge yeah. told me that a long time ago and i've never forgotten it anything any older cases go to the NICAP website how, how would you
0: class NICAP as an organization that is not it's totally independent of the government
2: right Totally, in, well totally independent but then again you, you have you um you have get people funded? That say, how did it get funded yeah donations donations oh,
0: right. so it was like an early move on
2: in that case yeah but it was a much it was a high class unit compared to Mufon. Sorry to say
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: A lot of those guys at Mufon are wearing tinfoil. That's me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you
2: know, so some really- of these, some of these people have, I mean, Keho, Keho would have had nothing. Keho would have had nothing to do with Mufon. Trouble is, Mufon had no competition. NICAP had competition in Arapaho. It had cars. They had lots of, there was lots of different groups around then, and they were all professional compared to MUFON.
0: Okay, so I've gone to the next link here, and it's got a lot of PDFs. Uh, is that the one you want to go yeah, to? Yeah, we
2: don't need to go into, um, you, you see, PDF, yeah, you don't need to go into them, because these are the Blue Book documents, and you won't they, they won't be very readable, Paul. So you can skip to the next link, if you like.
0: Uh, we've got images here of stuff. Uh, letters. Um, no. None of that's
2: important. Memos, L- memos. Mm. Alright. I've been through these. You, honestly, it's just blue book documents. Uh, what do you want now?
0: i uh, going to the third link. Case
2: 41. Is that the one you want? Um, No, the next one you need is gift. case 41, James McDonald. yes.
0: Yeah, that's what it said. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. I've, I've clicked it. So i just wait for it to respond.
2: Yeah, it's, no, it's 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 all right. I'll read it off my own screen, you know. All right. Okay, James McDonald. Occasionally one could argue UFOs ought to come into areas where they were where there were persons engaged in photographic work who were trained to react a bit faster and who would secure some photos. One such instance evidently occurred at Edwards Air Force Base. Okay, he's repeating the same thing. Since now we're on duty, the first shot. Square. It was moving away from them, seemed to glow with its own luminosity and had a hazy, indistinct halo, halo around its rim. Both mentioned the number of shots taken is uncertain. Getty's fault, perhaps 30. Ah. The object was lost from sight by the time it moved out to five miles or so. And then they did not see it again. They, d- they drove onto the base and processed the film immediately. All three of the men I interviewed emphasized the shots taken at the closer range were very sharp, except for the hazy rim. They said the dome and the markings or opening, showed in the photos. The photos were shortly taken by military authorities of and were never seen again by the men. So th- there's no video here. It's, it's just it's just photos mm. Did, no video. it found the net
0: yeah it does say uh, photos
2: uh. yeah okay it, it does say that here yeah the photos were shortly taken by the military authorities and were never seen again by the men in a later session later that day bitkin casim were found fond they had seen a weather balloon distorted by the desert atmospheric effects so interpretation have really got a video tool. as they stated to me the weather balloon being released frequently there and knew what weather balloons looked like accounts got into local newspapers as i was saying and edwards spokesman was quoted in los angeles times saying this desert air does crazy things and inswire stars he said intelligence officers at edwards would say almost nothing of the incident well discussion i have not seen the photos alleged to mm. be taken in this instance. i've only interviewed the two who say they took them And a third person who states that he inspected the printing company with two Ascania operators and darkroom personnel. I sent all of the relevant information on this case to the University of Colorado UFO project, but no checks were made as a result of that. So the person he's talking about there isn't Cooper because um, and McDonald was dead in 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 1971, and Cooper didn't come out of the staging until at least 1978.
0: Yeah, so far still there. Doesn't rule out yeah. balloons. Well, no, we need to rule out the balloons uh, somehow in the story.
2: But it that's well. Sort of, I so, think it Yep. Well, you must have missed what I'd said, Paul, because the guy who launched the balloon was tracking the balloon and said it was no any in them.
0: Unless it was some other balloon,
2: that's what I'm saying. Um, well, I think they'd have known what balloons are over the Air Force Base, to be honest. I, I think. Well, they have um,
0: radar reflectors on them, so they should be able to track them. Um. Cause they release the payloads right they release the payloads from the weather balloon before it pops uh, and then the payload comes down and they collect it with the data and photographs or whatever they've got in it uh, that's generally what happens and they reuse it
2: yeah but yeah but you see you also have to to think it's a balloon you kind of have to ignore the witness testimony that it, you know the thing had portals
0: yeah
2: um and then moved away at a head you know an incredibly high speed it doesn't sound like a balloon to me but you know who knows wait till we get to the photos and when Mm. you see the photos unfortunately that they're nothing special but they certainly in some of them appear to show a disc right okay so the next one you want to be on is for the record um Yeah, comments, Brad Sparks. Yeah,
0: yep, bring
2: it up. Okay, you could do the next one. I'm getting tongue tied, (laughs) right? Uh, So, so, so this my eyes to be able to read it. Oh, god, yeah, just increase the font. Okay, so this is Brad Sparks' comments now Edwards Air Force Base case and. Astronaut Gordon Cooper by Brad Sparks. The Edwards Air Force Base cases in the Blue Book Files, case number 4715. I don't have a copy, but Tom Tullian and others do. It was Tom Tullian that had done the original interview with the the two uh, photo guys. MacDonald discussed it in his 1968 House Science and Astronautics UFO symposium testimony in the long submitted document of the case 41 that's why i first heard of it mcdonald found out because he was speaking in northern Carola- california and met frank baker who was the supervisor of bittick and gettys not cooper whom they knew nothing about mm. mcdonald's presentation I really did not think there were two separate cases. One involving Gordon Cooper. Cooper's reference to a counter crew means they had the counter, and Bittick and Getty said it was the Ascania at Site 4. Cooper made up a story years later and claimed he sent the counter crew out. The counter crew and their actual boss, Baker, said they never heard of Cooper. Bittick and Gettys said it was as close as 500 yards, which makes it a borderline C case. Yeah, 500 yards of C2. Bittick and Gettys said they radioed their report as it happened in order to try and get other camera crews onto it for triangulation, but no one else was setting up or manning the other sites. It was 6.55 a.m., ah so that's early isn't the balloon launch then and they had mm. gotten there early because their boss frank baker had sent them out early they later at mcdonald wrongly remembered it was just before 8 a.m presumably because that's that is when tracking options were normally supposed to begin and other kind of did not get in place until just before 8 so 655 to 720 there was nobody else to track it the case case is in the blue book files moreover there's an analysis by colonel klein at the air force base and blue book files that destroys the balloon explanation and rejects it rejects it based on the known tracking of the balloon cooper was a nobody in His name wouldn't have meant beans to anyone. He wasn't selected for the Mercury program until 1959, two years later. Mm. The case was published a week after it happened in the LA Times of May 9, 1957, and the Innswire Service Dispatch then, long before Cooper came along. Cooper did not reveal the case or blow the lid, on any cover, if anything, Cooper has almost ruined the case. Mm. Uh, That's the, the most likely. I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, well, you've got to know where to look. Yeah. James Fox, wake yeah. up, lad! Yeah, the case was published a week after it happened. In reality, oh, we read that. The most likely explanation is a story-telling mentality of exaggerating roles and details. Mm. where no one can predict in advance how much alteration the story will get. Cooper probably did see the film and got a garbled second or third or ninth hand and exaggerated it even more in the mind, in the detailing to juice it up.
0: But, but they am a bit confused, to it. confused there, because they keep saying film like, now. They're saying yeah, film, I think there was the a film. Yeah, there was a
2: film yeah, there yeah. was a film because it said it down at 30 frames per second. Ah, right. But Blue Book had the film and released right. the photos. I think that's where the confusion is. Um, ah, right. Is in. And we're also yeah. having dif- uh, different commentators here on the same case. You see, yeah, yeah. Like J- Jan Aldrich will come in in a bit. Okay, right. I'll just finish right. this paragraph. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, lost yeah. But there may be more to it than embellishments. Cooper's exaggeration of the real case, falsely turning it into a film, filmed landing with landing gear retracting mm. on takeoff. It is very similar to the pattern of Air Force base OSI fabrications of other real UFO cases with false landings and alien mm. using Air Force officers, usually about the rank of colonel and designed to discredit the case. So he's talking disinformation, and he mentions he had bent towards 1980 is the classic. Yeah. Cooper was yeah. an Air Force officer, and I think retired at rank of full colonel. Cooper first came out with his phony story about, <laughs> yeah. about 1978, ax- yeah. ax- uh, ax- uh, exactly when AF OSI began a new wave of fabricated UFO stories in an effort to what was feared to be another massive UFO flap, this time triggered by the Blockbuster CG movie. Close Encounters of the Third Kind movie. Mm. So yeah, that, that's that's an interesting um angle of view, isn't it? That it that Cooper could have be been fed this information and he might have actually known nothing about the case at all.
0: Right, right. Yeah, so he might not have been lying. Okay. Yeah. No. No, that's no, why, no, no. That's why I said to you on on that interview, he looks so body language believable, even yeah, though he had that sort of little grin. It. Yeah. I, th- I think that's more right. He, he was fed disinformation and he's just repeating. Hmm. Yeah.
2: Hence, his body language is good, yeah. but I haven't quite finished Cooper yet. No. Anyway, Edward's uh, Air Force he Base.
0: A, he has got a pass, and so I've I, I got the web page yeah, up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll leave that to the end.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Just finish this off, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carry on. Edward's Air Force Base, like White Sands, was a test range. I'm not a 24 7 air defense base. radars were turned on in the morning for test range activities and turned off at the end of the of a work day typically eight to five operations a workday. no reason to keep going after five everyone tired and wanting to go home and no reason to start up in the night either unless a uh, Special project required it. Hence, there were probably no radars on at 6.55, 7.20 a.m. when the film was filmed. That's a shame. However, if there was mm. a jet interception attempted, it was done visually, and most likely it was done too late. So they may have scrambled a plane to go up and have a look. Again, it was not an air defense base, no jets were fueled and ready to go. It would have taken time to get a jet ready up in the air before the day's ops. Had the incident taken place after jets were fueled and ready in midday some time, when a faster jet response could have been undertaken, our jet might have been in the vicinity already. Cooper's born again. ETH belief seems to emerge out of nowhere about.
0: Nineteen seventy-eight. Damn, he's sort of ruined it a bit, hasn't he? Uh,
2: Most certainly has,
0: mate. Uh, oh well. I, I wanted that case to be so real, too. Especially when I heard it on *Out of the Blue* movie. I thought, "Wow, this is first time I've heard this." <laughs> and that's going back a few years now. When, when I, before I started my YouTube channel. Um, well me too me too it's amazing how we we sort of come up we learn more and and grow as we go through the years on this topic and, oh and
2: paul there's 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 so many cases now that i used to think were the real deal um yeah. now i haven't got a moment's time for them oh yeah. i i've I, i've seen enough for me to put that case to bed I so don't want what, anything more. What would
0: be there. your favorite case? I
2: know Sakairo is one of them. Oh no, no, Sakairo isn't one of them, Paul. It's, it's no nowhere near. Absolutely <laughs> nowhere near. I would have thought no, the thing that's
0: lights was the most interesting one until we heard about the flares and all that
2: sort of stuff. And that's what um, put doubts, doubts uh, in it. Not for me. Um, okay. Um, look, there's just too many to choose from. Um the Coring Helicopter incident, certainly well up there. Uh, Mansfield, Ohio, 1973. Uh, another case from 1957 was Leveland, Leveland, Texas. Um, then you had uh, the Iran incident, 1976. All wonderful yeah. cases. But, yeah, um, I think my, the Iran my favorite, one would have to be the top one for me, uh, I think. Yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be up there. But my favourite, Gina. Of UFO case is vehicle interference cases and I find them fascinating and extremely difficult to deny so Leveland was a mass case of vehicle interference cases so I'm um, you know since I was put on the spot I'm gonna say Leveland is one of definitely certainly up there one of my favorite cases
0: mm, okay there was a wee bit suspicion with the two two of the guys involved in that
2: though that there were wee bit. um yeah it's only the debunkers that have, look there was 10 people there was yeah. 10 vehicles
0: yeah and that that particular case the, the guy's a wee bit suspect i can't remember what the background this was on them now but um yeah, they don't mention all the other witness sightings. No, they wouldn't do it if it's, a if
2: it's a debunking website. Then it's not going to do that, is it? And yeah. you have to remember this as well. UFO sightings don't just appear to good, honest people. Right. You've only got to be in the in the wrong place at in, in the wrong time. Yeah, It doesn't matter if you're you know, a, 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 a crook or saint. You're going to see the damn thing.
0: <laughs> yeah uh all right a case would be my top one and the next one would be the japanese flight one uh jpl
2: oh it? yeah is it uh yeah japanese uh after
0: 1628 is it yeah something like that and because uh, yeah. it had radar data didn't it and uh to me that seemed like the most uh, one of the most credible ones up there and of course that was Santa Rus, similar to what we saw on how, uh, yeah. close encounters of the third coin kind movie kind of like that you know <laughs> yeah
2: yeah but if you if you have a look at um you know a friend of mine jan aldrich uh arguably the leading ufo and he's helped me a lot he really, yeah he really has like you know um
0: So, this is why you don't use Wi Fi on laptops. Where's it gone? It's like the men in black have sabotaged this <laughs> again. Okay. This happens every time we're talking about this sort of stuff. Uh, no joke. If you go back through our live streams, we always seem to have problems when we're talking about sensitive stuff. Um, uh, has he come back? Men in black. I should put up my men in black thing. <laughs> While we wait, uh, let's see if he comes back. Maybe he's lost the internet. <laughs> come on, Robert. Robert. I think it's him this so I don't think it's more in <laughs> Let me just check. I'll just make sure everything's going my end. I think it is. And uh, looks right there. Uh, he'd be normally on the side chat though. Uh, if he was having, wasn't having total problem, right? And he's not replied to me. Uh, I think it might be a good time to go to the toilet, meantime. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm still working on Jitsi. All okay. Oh, okay. I say all okay on life. Yeah. Uh, men in black got us. <laughs> This happens quite a lot. Uh, does Gabba still come on with you? No. He's been banned from Discord. <laughs> I'll talk about it next live show. Um You know how much I debunked UFO man and all that? Well he ended up being a special guest on UFO Man's channel and that was uh, that was it for me, I'm afraid. Uh, there's no, no coming back from that. <laughs> he was talking about all the sorts of stuff that uh, I have ex- um, debunked with him. Uh, like the the Chinese hut on the moon was actually a rock. And I blurred it right and it formed the same H pattern. But he's on UFO Man saying he believes that they filmed just a rock and said it was a rock. <laughs> so I give up. <laughs> uh, be at right that toilet I need to release some pressure there. And see if it gets rubber back. Okay, looks like he's not back with us. I'm just going to send him a text message. Let's see, at least using something different. Uh, if I can work out how to do it again on this phone. <laughs> Ah, damn, I'm going to push the wrong button. Uh, We always have these problems when we start talking about real stuff. Ah, right, he's just seen a mess um oh yeah all right let me just restart that and see see what's going on maybe he has to reboot his computer. I don't know. Going on there. Hey, we might have him back. Are you there, Robert? Robert. Rob got me back. Yeah, I just closed it down and restarted. You know how you have, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. I I thought, oh, here we go again. We always get this whenever we talk about sensitive stuff like this. Uh, we always have this this major dropout it's like men in black are trying to stop us talking (laughs) you know i laugh every time it happens um so i don't know what that was about i thought maybe you lost your isp because you weren't replying on the side chat oh he's dropped again he's gone again (laughs) are you still there Are you still there? Something's weird going on with your system.
2: <laughs> Hold on a minute.
0: Can you hear oh, no. me now? Yeah, yeah, that's better. <laughs> In fact you might Whoa, be a bit
2: what the hell happened?
0: I don't that know. We cool. got interfered with <laughs> It's hilarious. Aww. It is hilarious. Uh, anyway, we're about to check your audio level. I think it's good. Uh say hello. Hello. Hey, that sounded really strange. Say that again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, hello.
0: Alright. Oh, I thought maybe that maybe uh, your voice got uh, multi- modified there. <laughs> that was hilarious yeah. though. Hey, yes, yeah, has joined man. us meantime. <laughs> hey, mate. In in black just got us. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> so I forgot where we were at. Uh, it's sort of getting into it, weren't we? Um,
2: don't worry, don't worry. I know. Okay, so now if you go down to.
0: Yeah, let me just yes, get back to we.
2: You
0: uh, want us to go to the next p- thing? Yeah. Um, I'll just say. I'll just put up uh, Yaz's comment here. It's kind of hilarious. <laughs> Is that working still? <laughs> uh, let's see. It's a wee bit slow there. Yep, still coming up. Cool. I did think it was my end. I don't, I don't know what that was about. But, yeah. Well, it was a good opportunity for me to yeah, go to a toilet anyway while we are waiting. <laughs> I did put up the Men okay. in Black thing, uh, the, the, the Men in Black uh, outage thing <laughs> while I went to the toilet or whatever, before I went to the toilet. So if we want to go to photos, okay. Uh back into the groove of it. Plate uh, six yep. eight nine. Yep. Okay. Oh no, it looks like the tic tac. <laughs> yeah, does, uh, how'd they scan that in? Nope. Let me just zoom in a bit. Okay, we got a lot yeah, of them.
2: these are the shade.
0: Yeah, we've got dirt do it, and it looks like here or something
2: on the plate or scratch. Yeah, it could be just that the film is old and deteriorated. It doesn't look like a balloon, mate. Uh, well, I mean, Blue Book tried to say it was deflating. No way.
0: No, unless it's flying no, horizontal. Unless yeah. it's in a strong when <laughs> yeah. it's flying horizontal, then you could say uh, that it's the pear-shaped slightly here and it's going this direction. But, yeah, that's no blowing In fact, I would say that's very really close to the 2004 image, right? The, the tic-tac, which is uh, the best uh, footage we've got from the government so far. Well, let's go and have a look at the next one. Yeah. you know me. I always call a spade a spade and say my mind on what I'm seeing on the screen. Yeah, yeah And problem. I'm saying that's no, not a balloon. And that one there either. It's definitely, just like uh, what uh, Fravor was saying. It looks like a white long tic tac, and I'm not sure how you can convert the size from this. But uh, maybe use that there somehow with the pixels. Uh, A film I'm not really good on, but
2: digital. Of course, it's a 1957 film, so the quality, you know, theodolite. It's not going to be that good, is it? You know, the more you zoom in, it's selected well believe
0: it or not even back into the first films on eight uh 16 millimeter film uh, is equivalent to f- f- uh, higher than 4k it's actually like 6k image so they could go back to the early uh, you know the hand wound ones with 16 millimeter and they could actually uh, master remastered that into full um 4k video uh, nowadays so it just shows you film has a lot of pixel data there. But the problem is okay. film suffers from chromatics where the colors fade. Yeah. And uh, it also suffers yeah. from storage problems where you get dust and uh, scratches on it. Okay, Let's have a look at the next frame. I suppose they're all going to be pretty much the same.
2: Well, the last one is uh, totally blurred, useless. That one's, this one's got a little bit more right it's got nah, a slight, that slight tilt
0: on it but definitely no yeah. ways that no way is that balloon. i would say it was a disc though but um definitely looks more like a tic-tac mm-hmm. I, uh, i'm not sure if we can probably save that and run it through some video processing it might be worth a try um maybe but wait, it, there. But wait
2: maybe. there i have better
0: you have better yeah, well, you get yeah. me the best one, you think, and we'll look at it. <laughs> well, I went
2: digging, I found this. Oh,
0: what's this one? The last one?
2: The last one? What's, oh, it's blood yeah. to hell.
0: Is that from another camera? Has to be, doesn't it? I don't know. No, uh, can't be. Why is it so different? One second. Yeah, that's down with the down with the the scratch quality level. <laughs> There's nothing you can do with that one. That's just useless. Mm. Well, I'm surprised that uh, James Fox didn't know all this and put it up on his movie. Maybe he did, because uh, if he told the truth on it, people uh, make the movie less believable, that uh, uh, Cooper was lying about it coming down and landing. He added that into the story. But these pictures would have added to it, right? Well, this is why we do this stuff. Uh, We're always learning. Getting to the truth. Now we're waiting for Robert to come back, anyway. But, uh, yeah, what frame was the better one? I'm just looking at it from a distance here. Probably that one, I think. Probably that second one would be the better one. Let's just to save it anyway. You know me, I just love looking at uh, photos and videos and analysing them over <laughs> then storytelling but
2: ok I'll leave another link for you ok I've
0: just saved that one because that was the best frame out of all four of them yes
2: sure of course
0: Okay, we'll just leave that page there and add, add in the next one.
2: I'm sure these are fairly, fairly high quality.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I found them in the, uh, the internet archive. All oh, right. And it's most certainly the same film, most certainly, 100%. And it actually says it's coming from the US Air Force Blue Book, so there's no mistake that these are getting mixed up um, with anything else.
0: I'll just turn off the black stuff because sometimes it misses up. Hey, so let's have a look. Uh, okay, with
2: links. Oh. No, no. You should see the photos. Uh, photos. You should see the. You should see the first page. Just click on the page.
0: That is the first page. That's what? Lo- this one here. This is the link you sent me.
2: Yeah. What, Go what down to the actual. You'll you'll see a doc- a document. Down. At the head of it. Oh, it should All
0: right. be there. Alright. Should be weird. No,
2: no, that's not it. Should be there. Should be there in that blank space. That one? Now let's just have a look. Uh, Alright, click on that.
0: Click on that. Uh, it looks like it's a PDF. Uh, what the hell? All right.
2: I'll just go full screen on it. Whoa, it's not showing the images.
0: Oh, there meant to be images there.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, uh, what's going on, Robert? <laughs> Whoa. You reckon this images in here?
2: Absolutely, I can see them clear as
0: they. Hmm. Well, it doesn't look like it's got a, a cross-eye. Uh, can we make it bigger, maybe? Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it does.
2: It's got the cross eyes.
0: yeah. Uh, I, mean, I can see. see it on
2: YouTube. Oh, right. I don't one know page. What's going Let's on go here. one
0: page. Uh, can we make that bigger? Uh, I wouldn't say that it's better than what we're looking at, though.
2: (laughs) No, it's not. No, it's not. Um, He said it was, (laughs) though. Yeah. If you keep going, keep going through them, you'll see that the last five are really good, and one of them does look like a disc. In fact, a couple of them do. Go to the last page...
0: Now, that one does look like a weather balloon there shape.
2: Yeah, yeah, that does. That could be a balloon, now. But it's so blurred out that it's impossible.
0: But it's not a not a tic-tac shape. Um, you sure it's the same video? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Go to the end.
0: What's that sound?
2: Oh, sorry, that's my phone.
0: Oh, right. <laughs> sound like a uh, weird noise on the Jitsi, like a robot. Well, it does kind of look like a uh, squashed out Uh, squashed downwards balloon so far still so how can it turn into a flat tic-tac that doesn't make any sense that still looks like a balloon I have to say Like a weather balloon, um, maybe a high
2: altitude balloon, even. Are you seeing seen all the pages here, Paul. I'm seeing different to what you're seeing. I
0: uh, got to the end, and I didn't see any disc.
2: Um, the discs aren't at the. There's one of them. Oh my god! That's um, oh. Ah, man! I don't know what's going on here.
0: Internet archive? Uh, I don't know. Uh. Uh, you sure you sent me the right (laughs) link? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to get it at an exact point. I don't know if this will work. Yeah, see if that works.
0: Okay, Tommy. Ah. Yeah. It is a bit of an social error, error for UK people. Well, I'll just create another tab then. Hmm. Don't think I saw
2: that page. Uh, are you supposed to hit paste? Mm. Well,. There, you can see that one there, top, top right? It's smack in the center Yeah, the crosshairs.
0: I wonder how we can get it to full screen here. I don't know. Let's come back different. Uh, What's the difference here? Seven, eight, three. See, it's a different number. This is a different number, see? There you go. You sent me uh, a different number. So that must be the no, discount. Yeah. Let me just have a look through all of them. Ooh, what's there in there?
2: No idea what's going on with them, and there you can see more than more one object.
0: I'll just make it big, bigger again. Uh, let's see uh, what's this toggle full screen. Okay, let's go there. Oh, that's better. I think that might be all of them. Let's go through the numbers here. So there's actually two batches. Uh, there's that batch here and this batch here, because the number's different. See, so that's okay. seven, two. So this is later, this one. So maybe this was more frames further on then. So this must be more, more frames further on. Uh, so let's have a look at it. Well, I must admit that does look like a balloon in those frames. Uh, have we got frame numbers here? Yeah. Where's it? F-
2: frame numbers? Yeah, that one there That's slightly elongated, flattened out, but it could be a balloon. Yeah.
0: This. Yeah, but not totally flat like a
2: tic-tac. I've never ever seen that before. What's that one? That, oh, you just passed one there, where where the disc was dark. That one. No, you've gone past it now. Mm. I think that's a
0: bit of dirt.
2: Yeah, it could be.
0: Uh, that's a bit of dirt, bit of dirt. And you can see a lot of scratches over here. <sighs> I don't think there was any dark ones at this stage. Oh yeah, that could easily be a balloon. At that stage. Um, God, aren't we so sport now with the P one thousands? Imagine if these guys had the P out If we had the P one thousand, right? And yeah, mine's uh, already
2: been out once this year.
0: Yeah. But imagine what we would have as evidence if they had a P1,000. Oh, day. I
2: know. I know.
0: Yeah. It looks like it's tilting, but like a disc, you know, it kind of looks like it's tilting like a disc there. Um, Oh, well, there we go. Is that the one? Yeah. Now the question is, is that just artifacts going around it? Is that I what was you're saying? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I,
2: yeah, think I was right. thinking it could be an artifact.
0: Yeah. I think it is. Cause if you look over here, I think that around the white thing is what we we're looking at. Right. If you go back to this frame... Yeah, what, maybe,
2: maybe that's why NICAP chose those 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 photos rather than some of the um, crappy frames that are involved here.
0: See, that looks like, a, like what's behind it at the moment. See, that's on the previous frame. Looks like a bit of, I don't know, fingerprint, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, we got this up here. I think that might be tape, is it? No, I don't know what that is. Certainly got lots of artifacts on the film. That does make it really hard, doesn't it? Uh, and then we got this here. So and that thing there is moved off the side. I think if you lined that over top of each other, it would look like a disc, more like a disc, right? Yeah, that's the last one. Mm-hmm. So there, it's looking more like a tic tac again. But yeah, that's around. It's got to be artifact, but he knows it might be. some sort of energy field, is what uh, most people would say. I <laughs> uh, can't discount it. but well, yeah, it doesn't sort of discount it not being a balloon, actually. If only if it was in colour, colour would make a difference, I think.
2: It, it would help an it. awful lot, wouldn't it?
0: yeah because then we could work out artifact versus actual objects see that looks like a flying saucer there you know and you can see there's some sort of weird scratch that goes right through all those frames how the hell did they manage to scratch it like that sliding across table that's terrible yeah this is why we're there's so many skeptics in the UFO film with film like this you know this is Mm. not good enough No, they
2: just don't get it
0: no it doesn't cut the mustard
2: (laughs) well not our fault
0: yeah and course. that that flat tic-tac one is right at the end of that series of frames there uh not there uh, comes right at the end Yeah, those two have got to be artifact around it. How I don't know. And it's not symmetrical, right? So if it was symmetrical, it'd be more believable. Um, and there's the tic-tac shape, and I think that's the last frame, isn't it? I oh, no, we've got the black ones here. Let's have a look at these ones. Yeah, uh, see, that's looking more like a tic-tac. So what happened here with the contrast? Uh, what did it suddenly change from being overexposed? Oh, that's the last frame. Well, that was... Best one. Oh, we lost Robert again. (laughs) The man in black got him again. Well, let's uh, go back and grab. I don't know if I can, actually. I might have to do a screen grab. I'll just grab that one. Okay, I might have to restart Jitsi again, I think he hasn't come back. That does save the image. Uh, so. I'll run through it through anyway. Might be something it pops out. And it save <laughs> it? I don't know. Uh, where's Robert gone? I'll just restart it just in case. All it takes is, um, if he's being followed by the men in black, all they need is a uh, a microwave gun to do like a microwave and just aim it near his router and he'd be dropped off. That's why you're best with a shielded cable. And no, he's not there. (laughs) Rob, you're gone again. Um... Alright sent me a text message I eh? think, let's have a look, uh now my internet connection has dropped, yeah I thought there was something on. that is uh, super weird, <laughs> you know you guys think we joke about men in black but no we've had, we've had lots of strange stuff happen over the years like this. Um, Why it doesn't? Not good. Maybe we have to do a part two. (laughs) Uh, Not good. Can you try what? Router Could be a Windows update that's missing them up Okay I can't quite show you what's what he's saying here but <laughs> but he says now my internet con- connection has dropped this is super weird is what he said well um, internet connections don't normally stay down that long nowadays um, generally what I do is I normally go and power off the router and all that just to make sure because routers do develop problems um, over time. Like, I've had to replace a couple this year alone. Uh, they have like memory in them that sort of goes wrong. Like NAND memory for storing, I don't know, um, what they store in it, like permissions, you know, like how you can sort of. Say, so always assign that IP address to that device instead of creating a new one because you need to do that when you've got IP cameras that um, connect, you want them always to get the same IP address. So, when the memory starts corrupting, that all screws up, and also you've got the routing tables uh, where it builds up routing tables in, in memory. um let's see what's he saying now nothing to do with that it's down give it a few minutes (laughs) it would be better if he was on a land uh, cable like i am but it's a bit of a hassle i guess for him um um and off, or else hey, alright. <laughs> um we'll do some entertainment here while we wait been um, nuked, nuked by the men in black thing. that's what happened, <laughs> even Jitsi said it was noise, <laughs> it should be, it was an explosion, uh, anybody on the uh, pilt? Pilt, I wish it had, a uh, like uh, some small icons along the top to see how many people were watching. Let's just have a quick look.
2: Uh,
0: just make it full screen here. It's still a very really small font though. Poon um, Slayer? I think he might have gone. I'm not sure. Uh, TM what's up? What's T M Matt? Uh, who else we had? Shield Diff. Shield Diff. Yeah, we had uh, no, just that person right, cool. I assume it's working all right over Pilld with the audio. Because uh, that was was a problem for some reason. Yeah, so it looks like powering off the router and on and off hasn't helped. Typical UK ISP load of shite. <laughs> we never have hardly any downtime in New Zealand, apart from possibly other routers in other countries going down. Uh, so, what of entertainment can we do meantime? Uh, we could do uh, the break thing. I think it's really loud though. Um, you are listening you to the out there
1: channel.
0: You are listening you are to the out there channel.
1: Bear... You are <laughs>
0: Oh, is it too late? I'll just turn it a bit down a bit there. it's easier. I'll well, go have uh, drink breaks and uh toilet breaks where we wait for Rob to come back home. <laughs> For the tr- well though, I could look at the I could look at the uh, the graphic ways offline there's a good 3d effect there though <laughs> uh, yes what are we saying here? Now, I have to get my other screen up. Uh, check out a YouTube video. All oh, right, I might have him back. Hang on, I'll just stop that now.
2: Oh, what the hell,
0: mate? <laughs> Every time I have you on, this happens. <laughs> what
2: the hell? Oh, dear.
0: Yeah, so what's the graphic like now no. directly from Jitsi? Is it any better?
2: Absolutely not. Oh, God. Wait. Uh, no, this is Jitsi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, YouTube clears a bell.
0: Uh, that's really weird. Um, that never used to be a problem.
2: No. Do you know? I what? do with you about Mr. Olberg. you know?
0: <laughs> well, I we haven't said anything negative about him. Uh, he's, he's been pretty good, I f- I find, uh, on his research lately, as yeah, um, long as he doesn't yeah, have an opinion. Been, his opinion is where he I goes wrong.
2: He came on the side chat, you know.
0: Uh, he came on to side chat before the show, didn't he? Not not during. Well, it.
2: before the show, 24 hours or more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But uh, UK US uh, ISPs are normally crap, though, isn't it? <laughs> uh, what's your speed um, you got there now?
2: Well, it's good. It's good speed. I'm on a fibre connection, but it's still yeah. not as good as what would be in um, uh, down, down the south of England, or maybe where you are. You know, yeah. but um, uh, that. that I haven't lost my internet connection in a long, long time.
0: In fact, you put your your videos down at the moment, too. you have only got a graphic.
2: What? Honestly?
0: Yeah. Um, Can't can't you see on the screen there? It's just flashing away, but no picture of you. Now we got you. (laughs) Maybe it already turns off. I
2: didn't do that.
0: Yeah, maybe it's a like a, a new Jitsi thing where there's bandwidth probably yeah, two, yeah, turns off turns I'd off the video. Fault.
2: Yeah.
0: It's, um it is nine eleven today too in America, isn't it? Uh if I'm yeah. correct, correct there. Is it a holiday? So maybe the internet's under a bit of strain today. I I don't know. Um, um but, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's
2: actually still nine eleven now, isn't it?
0: Uh, yeah, I did actually save these images. I'll just drag it across So um, This one here with a flying disc I, I did a screen grab because it was on a PDF okay, or let, me have
2: whatever. Look. let me have a look
0: let me just spring it up on the screen and have a quick look Um. It's working all right. So, this one here, Mm. let's scale it up a
2: bit. Does look like something's there, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, that's pretty crap, though. (laughs)
2: It's awful.
0: Let's see what we can do with the color swap. So brightness. Kind of reminds me of that one that looks like uh, ice pucky flying through the sky. Um,
2: yeah. Can't um, remember what year I'm it was. Sure. Yeah. I, I've seen a very similar photograph of that as well
0: okay, to be so, th- so that looks like an artifact, you can, you can see here when I turn down the brightness mm-hmm. um, it looks like some mess here over the top of the film and that looks kind of like a scratch going around this way or some dirt similar to these ones here and it looks transparent here, so it's not actually a solid uh, disk there. So the thing we're looking at is this one here still.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, of course.
0: Okay, you can see the detail we get once we get the exp- uh, overexposure down, you see. I'm trying to assume why I use this at the same time. <laughs> so this is the one that changes various shades of color, right? You can see that it's definitely not a part of the craft A part of the object in the middle, I mean. And yeah, it could be a balloon in the middle bit there. Uh, Mick West wouldn't bother wasting his time on it, I don't think.
2: No, I mean, I did say before we even looked at them, you're not going to get very really far looking at them.
0: See, so if we uh, pump up, pump up that one, you can come see come the artifacts. So look at this. See the artifacts now?
2: Mm.
0: So we've gone the opposite way. Instead of trying to focus on that, we've gone and focused on the noise around it. And you can start to see the the dust or whatever it is. It's or or the emulsion pill or whatever I wonder if they still got the film they could probably do a bit a new high-res scan of that right are you still there
2: (laughs) well what's blue book done with the film that's what i'd like to know and if it's just a balloon hey come on and show us
0: yeah. Hey, let's have a look at the other image, which was the best frame. Uh-huh. Now I'm not too sure if this is the same scan or someone else's because it looks different than well, this. And the color is different. But I did zoom into that one. So we'll do that here,
2: too. Don't think you've got enough to work with.
0: No. Uh, But (coughs) we're just... uh, just have a look at it anyway, the best frame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you could sharpen it. Cause that one looks like it's a wee bit out of focus. Photos. Sharp- yeah, it does look, it does look like a tic-tac one. Um. Why is it not grab it? Okay, we start amplif- amplifying the noise up now because that's what sharpening does: amplifies everything up. Okay, yeah. so you can see it's not really a tic tac now. We're seeing it; it looks like t- almost two, like two, yeah, balloons, two balloons, two balloons joined together. That's what it almost looks like. <laughs> yeah,
2: that, 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 that yeah, that, that's pretty much impossible. I mean, the guy.
0: To be really stupid, mm. unless, but the story was they were tracking the the weather balloon with another camera, right? And this one wasn't the same did object. It? Yeah. So could could it be t- like fifty um, seven? They did have mylar balloons by then. Could it be two minor balloons that are just floating in the sky? Because that would make more sense, and they're just rotating around vertically. I don't
2: think so. They describe portals, and remember, they seen it a lot closer before they actually um, started the filming. They had to wait ten minutes for the order to come back that they could actually film it.
0: Yeah, but I don't. I don't don't see it. Don't unless it's a double image, and I'm not sure if you. You could get that. I, I don't.
2: I don't. I don't. I don't think it was a balloon. They filmed the tall. To be. To be quite honest. Um, although um, the the the, uh, the photos aren't evidence of anything in particular. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think. I think they filmed something unusual.
0: Hmm. I I just don't see the dome. If it was a dome in the middle with bits on the outside then i would say yeah, yeah you know but so we're not, it looks more like a tic-tac the way it is with a little center i'll just zoom in more on it oops is that i heard mr mush earlier uh, making a wee oh. wee a noise to go outside was it?
2: <laughs> oh yeah he's been now
0: did you leave him home or did you take him with you to your mate's house
2: oh good god no i wasn't there long paul all right i don't like leaving him for long you know he's um, no. he's not a good dog left alone
0: no he probably tear your house up bits <laughs> for revenge
2: <laughs> uh, <Yeah>.
0: yes <laughs> come home to your city or oh, on the floor <laughs> there's fluffy bits everywhere <laughs> yeah so you see here it does look like two round things All right, just dim it down a bit
2: yeah yeah i'm not i'm not seeing two down things paul i don't see all right, well, that there's at one all.
0: here and there's one there but it could easily yeah, still be a balloon like this are claiming that's, that's it could be a balloon well, on the both,
2: side yeah but they, they both have to be deflating at the same time there's i don't see any circular pattern going on there at all well that's
0: the best we can do of it i think uh, yeah, do some crazy filters here Yeah, looks it, it, it looks uh, like well, it. it could be it could be a deflating balloon actually And yeah, it's just got got on the side flopped on the side But normally uh, weather balloons pop not deflate so But they did have still rubber weather balloons back then Um so it's a bit hard to tell, isn't
2: it? Yeah, but but of course, then again, you you've got to you've got to say that the guy tracking the balloon was a bit of an idiot as well. Um, uh, you know, he wasn't exactly a UFO believer. Um, he just happened to be in charge of the uh, camera team. So, yeah, I just don't think there's too much distortion there to know what's going on. Yeah, if we had like we just don't, we don't have the resolution to confirm no. it
0: either way. They could rescan the images in and to the best quality. And uh, with the technology they've got now, they can overlay images over top of each other and stack them.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, we can't do that unless they, they could do it. They could stack it and then they could bring out all the details. Or they could do it like a, you know, they could do like I've done here, zoom right in on the object, stabilize it. And we can see how it's changing over the length of the film. Let's see if it's turning balloon-shaped and being squashed down and all that sort of business. But anyway, uh, I might just save that one. Okay just uh, for reference in future I guess Um, just save it there Uh, what's it doing (laughs) CPU lags a wee bit I could save that one too, I suppose. So it's possible that um, there is some video corruption, I guess. Uh, yeah. If that, if it was a UFO that moved very quickly while the film uh, shutter was open. You would get motion blur, and it's actually one object that's sort of joined together, right? Now, we've talked about this of the Calvine incident in the UK um, that it couldn't have been two jets passing each other when he snapped the film, because you think there would be some distortion. Uh, that's another point um, is there any videos of a weather balloon distorting like that because that would actually be a good p- comparison for the story right hmm I'll just uh, close that down yeah I'll just close that one so I got the images saved there I'll just um, stick it in the backup folder for today's show uh so let's next dog dog next door's whiffing. <laughs> um yeah let's go back to this one so we looked at both sets from there and from this one but yeah uh we have a balloon squashing i wonder if anyone's got a picture of one Um, or even a series of frames would be handy uh, let's have a look at images first let's not weather a balloon so weather balloons like this here right should be like a perfect sphere and it starts off at um seven feet when they blow it up and release it and expands to a maximum of 32 feet before the material fractures and pops and that's all we got Uh, we will learn uh under pressure (laughs) i don't know just put the balloon in. so we got high altitude balloons they form these tear shapes and the weather balloons are perfect spheres now let's see that one's high up in the atmosphere here but I can't seem to zoom in on it now that's high up it, you can see that's a wee bit tear shape there maybe because of the pressure, instead of being a perfect round it's sort of drooping a wee bit now there, instead of looking like this here, you know, perfect round there, look. And then you've got these high altitude ones, now here's one that looks like it's distorting,
2: Yeah, they stopped that flattened out and elongated. Is I think is as you said, it's more likely to pop. Yeah, then again, that could be look that one there, the yellowish glow. It could look like a tic tac if it was um kind of turned on its side, couldn't it?
1: But yeah, then but again, work.
2: the the guys, the guys mm. were the guys were describing um a domed, you know, a domed disc. So I don't know. um uh, we just haven't got conclusive evidence um uh, yeah it is what it is it's one of those okay tantalizing what's this cases. One here yeah that's um, a weird one
0: yeah yeah is it been, I think it's just been cropped off uh yeah I was just trying to find okay. if there's any really decent pictures Chinese balloon was part of a low speed thing. I don't think the Chinese had balloons back in '57, but you never know. (laughs) So we got the Loom balloon, that was the Google's internet test balloon they were mucking around with. I think they still got it experimenting, Connect Canada, isn't it? But then SpaceX took over from that with the Starlink, right? And they sort of abandoned it. But there is that new company, Uh, what was it called now? where it's got like a uh, airship and they they launch it vertically and they're using that as like a competitor to SpaceX having these uh, blimp type uh, internet balloons flying around America trying to compete with him. And they're experimenting with that now. It was on said phase of the moon. I'm not sure if you saw the episode where we looked at it. But yeah... Uh, it's very hard to find any pictures of these typical weather balloons stretching and long but there is one there but again that's a high altitude one yeah. they form more tear shapes instead of the regular ones, these are the regular ones Now, from underneath, uh, that one looks like it's uh, (laughs) oval-shaped. Because maybe the camera angle, right? Because they're filming on the ground looking up at this. It's going to look different to a side view like that. They're looking up at it.
2: Ah, you're still going to know it's uh, circular.
0: Yeah. Now, oh come on for five, Oh, here we yes. go what's this one? Oh, that's a high altitude one that, yeah there are some videos of weather balloons popping though um let's mm-hmm. have a, see where they pop
2: yeah but you see again that, that you, you there, have to you go, go against
0: this said it shot off. So, this is what happens to a weather balloon, it just tears into like a spiderweb. Yeah, it's,
2: it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's fractured, isn't it? It starts lose.
0: off like that, and then it starts uh, tearing. Yeah, there, yeah, there, yeah. there, and then it's lots of bits, and, and that looks like. So when people are filming balloons like that, and they, they say it's, it's got to be a craft because it disappeared very off very fast, well, if it this is like milliseconds, right? It pops into all this, and of course the camera doesn't pick it up anymore. It's it's too small. It's not reflective anymore, and it looks well, it's like just a, an isn't it? yeah. So they can be mistaken by filming balloons, right? Uh, it here depends we go. if you
2: actually see it move from point A to point B quickly. It's not a balloon
0: is that no but if it can if it instantly disappears while they're filming it then this is what happens it pops and the camera um, sensor doesn't pick it up anymore mm. but you can see it was a perfect round shape there right so i'm not sure what kind of weather balloons they were using back in 1957 i think that's the key thing we need the old technology balloons, not the current technology balloons, because maybe they were using a rubber one which would deform, like they're saying, uh, where it sort of swashes down with uh, the pressure of the air and all that sort of stuff. So, we probably want uh, a weather balloon.
2: Uh, well, just type in weather balloon 1950s. I've got a load of them here.
0: We're thinking the same. I was onto it already. There you go. There you go. But they're high altitude ones, high altitude, you see.
2: Yeah, but, yeah, I know, but they've still got it. Yeah, and they've got a payload as well, for God's sakes. from 500 yards. You're going to see the payload.
0: Uh, something that big
2: you would. <laughs> um, Jeez, yeah. Uh,
0: what's this one? It's got a USA type seventeen balloon. Okay, let's have a look at that one. But that's more like airship if that's the case. Is that a balloon? No saying it is. Then you got the other pictures attached to it here. So what's this one about? Now let's just have a look at this one this this is interesting so what's it say underneath the best uh, publicly available photograph of a type 17 in action with its tefa stuart intact okay let's zoom in on it that. so that's a balloon Okay, well, that would be mistaken for a UFO, wouldn't it? Unless you saw the cable underneath. Uh,
2: let's have a look. What have we got? Ah. I'll,
0: you, I'll post you the link. I, I've never seen this before.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is. Um, yeah, that that's a strange one. That, um, yeah, you can see the. Yeah, you can clearly see the link, but yeah, so look at that. From a distance,
0: from? oh, it's just Nobody. me searching 950 weather balloons, and this one popped up. Okay, yeah. uh, I just typed it in there. Type 17 balloon. This is a this is a thing we do when we do live debunks, for it. You never know what you're going to find and stuff you didn't know. Um, taking over a mountain range. Close enough to the ground that the USAF logo is barely visible. So it's got a logo on it as well. And there it is there, I guess.
2: That doesn't look anything to balloon. Well, they're saying it Uh, is. (laughs) Is that an artifact? Yeah, See, it looks like there's a dome on top. Is that an artifact? Could well be, yeah.
0: I don't know. Uh, let's just save it and bring it into the editor, I think. <laughs> uh, let's uh, do a screen grab. Hang on, let me just get the right buttons here. And i uh, will it into here. Uh, we got some chicken on pilled for us. Okay, thanks, mate. Uh, okay. I want to, to resize that. I'd like to zoom in a few times, like last time. Okay, definitely going to have to zoom in closer to see what's on top there.
2: I mean, you've got got what looks like another disc in the bottom right there. Yeah, they've got Um,
0: multiple balloons up, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's a funny looking balloon, that. Yeah. I've never seen it. Like
0: no, that <laughs> no you could probably put it out to your group and see what they can find out about it maybe um yeah this uh do some color swap on it and see if we can bring out some details here but we try dimming it down a bit oh we'll look at that got a dime unbelievable
2: it, yeah it doesn't appear joined though does it
0: mm, I don't know now let's just um try color swap but I don't think that's gonna help much Looks like three things going around the edge. <laughs> Extreme filters. Now, there looks like it's got some sort of logo there, maybe. Well, I reckon you can just not see it. So that would make sense, because that looks more like um, like one of those decoy balloons for you know for fighter planes coming down. Because what they do is when they make these decoy balloons, they actually put different cells in it. So even if they got shot, uh, it doesn't bring it right down. It doesn't bring it all down. It just makes it slump or whatever. You have to put a lot of holes in it. I don't know there's something there Let's go that direction Ah, Looks like a round one here doesn't it And we can see the cables coming down here But we can't see anything on the top there it kind of looks like something from uh, close encounters doesn't it at that stage? Uh, get out of that swing! Come on! Come on! Come on! Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, definitely something at the top because we're looking from underneath upwards on an angle here. See what, what else we can find out on that one. Uh, Type 17 balloon. Okay. What have we got mentioned
2: here? Foil balloon. Oh, uh. oh, designer, fun birthday type. That's the one, that's the link you want.
0: Well, just make that white just in case. So, uh, what's this? This is a, a blog talking about it. All right, they've gone to the same they found the same reference back in 2022 so looks like it's only come on the web only recently uh, yeah. and that's all we got on that page um <laughs> uh, what else we got i don't think we're about to find too much on it actually And that one's talking about uh, a more modern balloon that's not that one we're looking for the old one Web balloon launch breaks new zealand records not that one no there's not too much on it yeah run run that out to you guys on on your page and see what comes back Meteorological balloons, type two. Looks like we got a lot, a lot of learning to do on uh, balloon history. Actually, <laughs> this is scientific balloons return to flight spring 2021. No, it's not. It wasn't too much on that. Just that Wikipedia page or whatever. Very interesting, and. Uh, They say it's a weather balloon, though. It was an experimental and highly secretive weather balloon that that used a saucer-shaped balloon design. But why? <laughs> and something blanked out here. What's that? <laughs> Let me just change to get rid of that filter. There must be something strange going on there. No, it looks like it's blanked out that information. Uh. And some technology, whatever that was there, to test the airworthiness of strange shape. The design, however, proved to be more unstable than anticipated and a, a flaw in cable design led many of these <laughs> balloons to break free and travel some distance away. So that could be explained for some of the sightings, then. These escaped Type 17s balloons can be considered responsible for the UFO sighting, Grace. So they blame it on this balloon. <laughs> no. No.
2: That's, uh, that's bad.
0: That's bad, though. Uh, immediate post-Second World War two aviation. And this it does it. Oh right, the origins of the type 17 start right at the beginning of 1946, just before Roswell, <laughs> where spherical weather balloons in use for quite some time. Officials at the USAF begin looking to see if some other balloon shape would be more efficient. Well, there you go. Uh, April 11th, with no issues, achieved an altitude of around 30,000 feet. So there you go. Uh, By June, construction of around two-thirds of the Type 17s was complete and were now being introduced to various bases, in new mexico with a few also being sent to bases in nevada texas arizona and it is also known that possibly one was sent to norad which is uh next to utah (laughs) headquarters it's next to skidwalker ranch isn't it uh Corrado testing continued without issues until the first of many incidents occurred on December 29th during a routing flight balloon 134 was sent aloft but the cable connecting the balloon suddenly broke uh, the 134 was thrown by the wind similar to a frisbee The balloon was sent almost 30 miles east and crashed in the middle of the desert. It took the USAF almost three days to find the remains. It was then found that the cables design for the Type 17 had a fatal flaw. Well, it was also a strength problem I would have thought, because some wind can get strong. It was found uh, over time the low-quality synthetic material it was made out of would eventually disintegrate, leaving the balloon to be blown away in the wind. Sometimes the balloon would be blown in such a way due to its shape. It could be described as performing manoeuvres that no man-made craft could do. (laughs) This floor was largely ignored for the first few months upon discovery, but by launch of 1947, more than more balloons were being lost. You don't think Roswell had anything to do with this particular balloon, do you? Now, now we're reading that shit.
2: Uh, well, un- unless it can spread something metallic over three quarters of a mile,
0: but does for another. S- another spin into the works doesn't it and it just goes on no bit, not yeah. for
2: me it, it, it doesn't explain it as well in in the um uh in the slightest for me to be honest um
0: all oh, right They've got what's here that's quite a big article on that page and then they got the treatment yeah. video as well but we know the trent video was a um truck mirror 100 percent truck mirror uh on fishing line
2: anyway I've oh, the- yeah, well, I, yeah i I disagree with that i don't i don't think it was um anything to do with fishing line i know the website that you got that from and that was a hoaxy website they actually charged you money to use their software and no. it was purely drinking reasons um in the two photos they had the angle, right? They had the angle of the fishing line in two separate photos on exactly exactly the same path. No, impossible. No, no, that, that,
0: that wasn't that wasn't the fishing line.
2: You're talking uh, about the McMinnville photos, aren't you?
0: Yeah, talking about the Trent photos. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, they did a heist, the scan of the negatives and I got, I found it on a proper legit website and I analyzed it. Mm-hmm. What they're claiming, what they're claiming on that dodgy site to be the cables was, was, was not the actually true. Um, we found actually other fine lines that was a bit hard to distinguish between it being scratches or not because uh, apparently they they handled the negative of this particular photo and slid it across the table and i said well that looks almost like it's been purposely scratched because it's so badly scratched worse than anything i've ever seen that they they wanted to hide the fishing line that was visible um but you could only see it on the really high ends HD scan of it, uh, but but it is a truck mirror. Uh, we overlaid uh, the original photo with uh, the truck mirror, and it was a hundred percent match. You just have to watch my two episodes. We did. I did one on the truck mirror, and looked at all the debunkers, including Maccabees claims, and I, and he his analysis was correct, but his conclusion was wrong. He said it was. Highly reflective underneath, but if it's a truck mirror, it's going to be, isn't it? <laughs> but anyway, uh, we better move on. I was t- hoping that we we're going to find a Weather Balloon squashing. Actually, um, so you can see back then they had different uh, types of Weather Balloons, right? So that that squashingness that we've seen is possible, I think, back in 1957. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, tick tac blah, blah, blah.
2: Yeah, it's possible- but, possible, but extremely unlikely given the witness testimony.
0: Mm. Unless they got
2: mistaken what they're seeing, too, right? Yeah. Well, they've seen it fairly close, you know, before they started filming. So, yeah. not for yeah. me. No, not
0: for me. <laughs> Whereas, we have to put that in the LIZ, Liz zone, I think, still. Uh, low information zone there. It's just like the airline pilots that we got at the moment claiming to see uh, UFOs in the distance. And they're, they're clearly you know, Starlink that's sort of going below the horizon. Yeah.
2: Um, and- I, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, what's low information. It's a shame we didn't have the radar data. Um, We've yeah. certainly got the we've got the two first-hand witnesses. A uh, whole number of people on the base seen the film, and they certainly were not of opinion it was a balloon. And um, they are trained observers, all of them, wouldn't they? Wouldn't they be? Um, so no, for me, it's not a balloon. And if it was a balloon, come on, Blue Book, just show us the film.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, we better get a lot more information from the film, and we we'll better see how it's moving.
2: Exactly, we're clutching at
0: straws. No, no. If it, if it's tumbling, right, like a balloon would, like if it's being squashed vertically and then it's tumbling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just which, saying,
2: which, which, which... We're clutching at straws. Yeah. We don't know. We're, mm. we're we're surmising and surmising. Um, that it's not getting us anywhere. Yes, it could have been a balloon, but it would, mean, it would mean that the witnesses were, and all the people that viewed the film were horribly mistaken. Uh, why, would, why would Blue Book be afraid to release the film if it was just a balloon? Uh, you've got to factor in all these things together. I think mean, there's plenty of information there to suggest it wasn't a balloon. Mm. For me, anyway, maybe not for you, but certainly for me. I'd have, have to put it. In, well. I 50 to oh, in,
0: I'd have to put it into fifty-fifty myself at this stage. But no, um, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd go.
2: Na- yeah, I'd go a lot you'd go higher. higher than that, I know. <laughs> Yeah, <But laughs> it could have been something man-made, uh, yeah. but not a balloon. Not a balloon. Not a chance.
3: Yeah. <sighs>
0: so what else is out there like the type 17 that we don't know about that's the the problem as well um we we need more information like what type of weather balloon had been launched that day right um crazy world but um Did we, we, we're going to go on these other links or were we meant to be wrapping up on that part of it for NICAB, uh, Robert? Uh, so we can talk about the other stuff I've got up here about uh, Gordon's
2: character. Yeah,
0: yeah just, just just, just, one second. Just one second. I'll be okay. with you now. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how how you're going
2: engine-wise. The only, the only, the only- one left is um don't go to the youtube ones they're a waste of time it's just, two of them don't work and the other one is just cooper telling the story um so the the the, the last one is email discussions, sparks and outreach and you can see there's um there's a there's a kind of a disagreement here oh hold on i'm not on oh whoops wait one second oh damn Uh, Where's
0: that gone? No, I've got these other ones here. The one where he's Ah, talking about. Where where Oberg put together his basically um, his past history, that one there. Talking about some of the scams he got involved in uh, and endorsed, right? and also this one here where it's talking about where he's being filmed talking about Billy Meyer saying that he actually believes it or something. So this is the stuff that um, is actually really bad on Cooper's character because we know that Billy Meyer was a complete fraud and I'll just uh, skim it in a wee bit. So here he is at a dinner. I've posted a link to it anyway. But he's a wee bit hard to understand at times. I might have to up, up him. i uh, see if we can put some caps on, see if it picks it up. I'll zoom in a bit. So, whereabouts is he? Um course, uh, very funny. I might have it too loud now.
3: They were absolutely authentic.
0: Okay, saying Billy Meyer was authentic. We know that's not true. I'll just go back. I saw the pictures. Oh, now, what's he talking about? Billy Meyer pictures?
3: I saw the pictures the day after the investigative team went to Switzerland. I know the investigative team very well. They, they came to my home, showed me all their pictures. The very fine people. photos, yes, very, very fine. Very I have fine. Seen them. They were absolutely authentic. And yet, the whole world has tried their best to make them out to be fake. You know, there's two. Ten-
0: so you got to wonder He was saying that they were legit. Well, we know the photos were legit, but it doesn't mean that the, the subject material in it was legit.
2: <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Many people know what the truths are and, and they're going to have to confess up to having misled the public for a lot of years. Okay. We just heard that early on the other thing
2: um yeah i'm
0: not sure if there's any more
2: it's yeah i know that i mean that that, that's um and it's not just that you know he claimed to have gone around to a scientist's house and he made the dog dematerialize and rematerialize um apparently it was a time machine uh (laughs) so the saint kept the time machine in his house right um yeah so
0: technically he's not wrong there uh, we know the photographs were not um, double exposure and they were legit so I think this is where Gordon was taken out of context here uh, he said uh, that the videos the photographs were legit
3: you really yeah. know
0: and the videos were legit, which uh, they were, but the contents of what it was being filmed wasn't what it was claiming to be. And uh, we know that now.
3: They came very well, they, they came to my home show me all their pictures. Of the very shooting. fine very photos, yes. Very, very fine. Very have fine. Seen them. They were absolutely authentic. It, and yet the whole world has tried their best.
0: So I'll just go back a wee bit and see what they're saying.
2: ...invited air. Gordon smashed all the NASA spaceflight records.
0: Set the record for the longest single manned space flight. 22 orbits. That record...
3: I got some music on that. it. had so much superior performance to us, to any vehicles that we can build. Yeah, so, so they're taking
0: bits and pieces of various interviews and join all together. So I hate when people do that on a thing because that means it's taken out of context. So here they're trying to make uh, make Cooper look like he's saying that Billy Meyer is is uh, legit, but he's not actually saying that. He's saying the photos were legit, which um, is taken out of context. So yeah and this article here um maybe you can maybe read it out some of it uh, maybe not all of it but but what's interesting is the comments at the end uh, i found the comments a bit more interesting and let me just bring up the edge reader Uh, a lot of people don't know about uh, his past but uh, this this article is, is a bit shocking actually all the things he got up to <laughs> and because uh gordon cooper
2: Who? oh great yeah yeah
0: yeah Yeah, the article about um, him getting involved in various invest- investment investment uh, investment schemes. Oh, yeah.
2: J- uh, James Oberg covered that um, exceptionally well. Yeah, but to be he, he didn't
0: actually um, do all the research on this. He just took the, the bits and pieces from other people and put it into okay. one, docu- one yeah. document. Yeah, yeah, right?
2: that, that's fair enough.
0: That's fair enough. But yeah, since you brought up Oberg, i uh, <laughs> been on the side chat before the show started. So we need to get it to read out. Uh, let's see.
2: Uh, we can use that, I think. just the secret it yeah. works. Can we finish off after this? Um, I'm starving again.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't
2: had anything yeah, to yeah, eat
0: because yeah. I, was, I was feeling a bit it's underweather today.
2: Been, uh, it's been five hours now since I last had my little curry, So,
0: Well, you can dash off, off and e- e- eat something if you want. You can just um, take down your pitcher on the side but
2: I'll do full screen well, By James Oberg,
1: anyway. Monday, May 1st, 2000.
2: Uh, sorry, Robert? You're yeah, going to carry on too long with this now, no? You say, oh, I've read all this, you know.
0: Yeah, I know but you I've have, ed- but people oh, listen, watching yeah. won't have heard it. But Maybe you want to do some comments on it? I don't know.
2: Well, no. I, I mean, if that's Monday. Just personal, I'm, I'm not interested in that. All right.
0: So you've done all the UFO stuff now?
2: Yeah, I've done all the UFO stuff. Well, well. You,
0: you can you can um, even mute yourself and go and do whatever you want and maybe drop back in at the end uh, after I've done this bit. It's up to you. Or you can go completely, yeah. and yeah. I'll just wrap up on this article here and wrap uh, up the live right, show. Yeah,
2: yeah you, you wrap up Yeah, um, uh, Hold on a minute. How am I? Okay, okay, I'll mute.
0: <laughs> anyway, we'll just carry on here.
1: Monday, May 1st, 2017. Comments, 53.
0: Oh, what's happening there?
1: In perspective, the stories uh-huh. that Gordon Cooper told Daryl Micklos about his space treasure map see the magic MacGuffin of Mercury 9, The Space Review, April 24, 2017, are fully consistent with other stories he came up with in his later years to entertain people. Moreover, he apparently believed them himself and spent a lot of time researching them.
0: Okay, so they're talking about the treasure map. Remember uh, there was a TV series called Cooper's Treasure? Um, The guy guy that was doing the, the, the treasure hunting with the shipwrecks under the sea... Uh, Cooper gave him the so-called secret map that he had had been working on, said he was on a space flight and had a secret camera installed in the capsule that only five of them in NASA knew about, Uh, a couple of engineers and all that sort of stuff, and HQ knew about it, and him and a few other people that had to sign NDAs. But because he was on his deathbed, so to speak, he wanted to give off give uh, all his uh, treasure uh, hunting mats to find gold that's lost in the sea. Uh, He had like 50 hits on this particular map. He said he got it from using this special camera. And uh, he made notes in his notebooks of things he saw in the special camera during the space, space flight. But as we found out that Gordon likes to tell stories, So most people think that the map is real because in the show they actually do find sunken ships in the locations on his map. But it doesn't mean he got it from a space flight. He may have developed it by looking at satellite pictures uh, that he had access to and noting it on a map himself saying might be something there, right? So we need to investigate that further and, and just padded out the story of that, how he made the map, right? Because we know he's elaborated on these UFO uh, sightings. Have uh, you been following the show so far? So, yeah, people question whether he's lying about the secret camera and the capture or not. So, it's still 50 50 with me on that one. But clearly, they did find treasure using his map and the TV show its well worth having a watch. I think there might've been one or two seasons and then they didn't come out with any more for some reason. It was just getting really exciting because I just found uh, actual gold on a shipwreck because <laughs> I like those kind of shows where they go treasure hunting and they find stuff. Anyway, he's done some other dubious things in his past. This is what the article here is about. Uh, which Coyne puts into question his storytelling, how he used to sell stuff to people, and uh, how he used to make a living.
1: Them. Cooper's space treasure map and secret military sensor story is not unusual compared with other late-in-life tales that are easily dismissed as imaginary. But the problem in establishing the authenticity of these narratives raises uncomfortable questions over their impact on Cooper's place in history. His undeniable skill and courage in the early space race should be enough to guarantee his honor and fame. All too often, heroes don't age well, so compassionate historians avert their eyes from the twilight years of such luminaries, as they have with Cooper and his sad fall from grace within the astronaut corps. The dilemma facing historians is how to react when subsequent writers and publicists bring up the activities and opinions of this declining phase of a hero's life and seek to validate them based on the person's original heroism, decades earlier. In such cases, full candor is the distasteful response demanded of history, lest an unwary audience assume the hero's intellect remained at its peak performance forever. The material in the following article, then, is information that spaceflight workers and enthusiasts would rather not be widely disseminated, although none of it was actively kept secret. The only justification for reviewing it now is that for whatever reason, a television production company and channel, spearheaded by enthusiastic individuals who could well be sincere, have dredged up late-in-life stories from Cooper and deliberately relied on the fame he deservedly earned in his prime rather than honestly portray his mental state much later when he made these and other similar claims. Cooper's space treasure map and secret military sensor story is not unusual compared with other late-in-life tales that are easily dismissed as imaginary. He told I was there yarns about spaceflight that clearly never happened, such as his account of how his Gemini 5 capsule was peppered by loud meteorite impacts in flight that left deep gouges in the skin, nobody at NASA could see any damage on return to Earth and the capsule is on public display in Houston. He recounts in detail a meeting he had with a NASA official to relay a drawing of a shuttle design flaw that a friend of his gave him after making it under the influence of aliens, and he claimed the flaw was found exactly as described and fixed, except there's no record of such a flaw or such a fix. The most relevant such story involved a secret camera he carried, and it was real, on Gemini 5 for the Defense Department, which took photos so sharp he could read auto license plates when he saw the prints, which he claimed had been sent away to top-secret archives. But the photos were never classified, were on file in Houston, and show details at best as big as city blocks, moving at 7,600 meters in orbit. a camera with a 150th second exposure is going to suffer a lot of image smear. One particular note in the NASA archives relates directly to the Cooper's treasure program. The catalog for the NASA archives lamented that the Gemini 5 pictures were of limited utility because there was little, if any, crew documentation of where the photos were taken. The astronaut log is sketchy and difficult to use for any data of value, it said. Yet we are now being told that two years before doing such a poor job at documenting the space photos he was taking on Gemini 5, He had done a much better job on Mercury 9, complete with latitude and longitude readings he had apparently forgotten how to determine on the Gemini flight. If he couldn't do it on Gemini with better windows, better navigation, longer time, repeated passes over same areas, and a co-pilot to take real-time notes, it's a good bet he never would have been able to do it on Mercury. Investors, both corporate, government, and individuals, Gave companies in. Let's get on there. '90s and everybody lost every dime. Right, there going to
0: be a picture there.
1: Events from the dark final years of Cooper's life give additional insights for properly evaluating the.
0: Doesn't like me scrolling.
1: <laughs> had discovered a map of sunken treasure based on secret equipment on his first space flight in 1963. And only yeah, needed time and a little more money to achieve success.
0: Yeah, what's happened there? Uh, I screwed it up, by way.
1: Million during the 1980s oh, right, and 1990s. Go. And everybody lost every dime. Other- yeah. Other events from the dark final years of Cooper's life give additional insights for properly evaluating the treasure map story. He apparently told some very convincing tales about how he had discovered a map of sunken treasure, based on secret equipment on his first space flight in 1963, and only needed time and a little more money to achieve success. Daryl Miklos was one of those people he told the story to, and appears to totally believe Cooper's account based on his heroic reputation. I believed Gordon 100 percent, he famously told Parade magazine, I didn't need proof. A long history of questionable ventures. But perhaps space enthusiasts who think that Cooper's NASA career is adequate grounds to believe all the stories he tells might be advised to read the feature article in the Wall Street Journal for November 7, 1997. The story by staff reporters Ellen Joan Pollack and Carlos Tejada is titled Down to Earth, An astronaut's fame draws desperate cities into risky investments, with the subtitle Gordon Cooper was a hero in space but has trouble making his business fly. It's behind the newspaper's paywall but summary of it follows. Investors, both corporate, government, and individuals, gave companies endorsed or organized by Cooper over $2 million during the 1980s and 1990s, and everybody lost every dime. Mm. Cooper said it was all their own fault. Cooper completely trusted his partners in these companies, and he also trusted his own engineering and business instincts. According to Al Bubis, a partner in two of the failed companies, he doesn't believe anybody's going to say things that are not true. You have to believe if you go up into space in a pillbox. For Cooper's first commercial experience after leaving NASA in 1970, he was hired as a consultant by Dalton Smith, who used Cooper's name to clinch a number of deals. Cooper was paid not in cash but with a small airplane, which he spent a lot of his own time, effort, and money refurbishing. Mm. Then he was told the aircraft had not even been Smith's, who was also convicted of fraud for some other business activities, and it was repossessed, leaving Cooper in the hole for his work. Smith then asked Cooper to take part in a second consulting project with him. Incredibly, Cooper, who thought of Smith as a nice guy, accepted. The deal would sell millions of dollars of helicopter parts to El Salvador. Cooper was sent to El Salvador to supervise the unloading, He had been present in the US when the ship was loaded, but began to feel queasy, quit, and left the country. (laughs) When the ship arrived, it was loaded with scrap metal, and the valuable parts which had been paid for were missing. Cooper just couldn't figure out where the real merchandise had disappeared to, and Smith died before explaining it to him. A 1978 ad featured Gordon Cooper selling a product that claimed to enhance gas mileage. Next, Cooper was a spokesman for American Consumer Incorporated and appeared in newspaper ads extolling a gasoline-saving device for automobiles. Astronaut Gordon Cooper announces, "Now, convert air into energy. Explode it like fuel," said the ads, next to a photograph of Cooper in a spacesuit. The Federal Trade Commission concluded the device was a scam and ordered Cooper to stop endorsing it, and the company collapsed. Cooper completely trusted his partners in these companies, and he also trusted his own engineering and business instincts. In 1975, Cooper went to work for Walt Disney Productions, and developed a number of ideas on theme park rides, waste disposal, and other technical issues. But when the company decided that not a single idea was worth implementing, Cooper left in frustration. Next was a plan to develop an ethanol-powered automobile engine, where he first met Al Bubis. The company, Vistec Incorporated, needed capitalization, so Cooper traveled around telling spaceflight stories to charm investors. <laughs> One investor recalled a dinner where Cooper described electromagnetic concepts and told the Wall Street Journal reporters, his theories, which I would have difficulty articulating at this point, seemed to be an intelligent approach. He went in for $100,000. Within a year it was all gone and Vistep filed for bankruptcy. Next up was an aviation business idea, where in the early 1980s Cooper flew methanol-powered small airplanes around the country. With his friend Al Bubis, he founded XL Incorporated to commercialize the idea, which he claimed was based on his own experience in NASA where he once had to fly a jet back to Houston using methanol. Aside from Cooper's version of the story, there is no documentation it ever happened, and an engineer that XL hired to duplicate the performance was unable to get the same results that Cooper remembered. Investors were eager to hear Cooper's astronaut stories but less willing to part with money. The experiences of investors in Cooper's earlier ventures had apparently...
0: You know how many times have we heard this you know you've got brandon fugal that was also involved in some free energy device scam and got a lot of investors involved that, that lost all their money there we got uh, that would come after cooper and then now you got uh, david wilcox <laughs> wilcock um also doing a scam with the hovercraft a hover car, I mean. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's hard to believe that Gordon Cooper would be in that line of scam artists uh, endorsing rubbish. Um, so I just wonder if there's more to it. But you know what? You know this has been going back years of people documenting what happened. Uh, it's got to be true what they're saying because someone would. Oppose, oppose these articles by now.
1: Apparently become widely known. So eventually Boobus and other members of the XL Boobis. Board of Directors Either decided to divert suspicious. their efforts into projects more likely hey, to make a profit. Cooper felt betrayed and quit in anger. In, in 1987, Cooper founded the...
0: Maybe... Um, Maybe we're just looking at it the wrong way. Maybe Kupin actually believed in the products himself. That's why he endorsed it. Maybe he was being conned. And he was being used to con other people into the investment. So maybe it's not as bad as what we think. But um, why did he embellish the other UFO story? Well, again, we said it's possibly he was fed disinformation by government agents or, ag- or just government in general <laughs> and he believed the story so again his character may not be as bad as what everybody's saying it is when you when you look at the bigger picture so yeah
1: founded the galaxy group incorporated with the goal of commercially upgrading the engines of small airplanes to more efficient designs This time he turned to fellow pilots for money, and raised close to a million dollars from private investors, many of them retired aviation workers, he also put in $300,000 of his own money. His vice president at Galaxy was a California businessman named G. Pendleton Parrish, who came from an investment firm that had won a $300,000 contract from the state of Louisiana for several state development projects. None was ever built and a state audit found that much of the money had been spent flying officials back and forth from California. Uh. After another of Parrish's business deals was aborted, a friend of Cooper's tried to warn him not to trust Parrish, but Cooper refused to listen. Gordon even got a little bit mad at me and I just sort of backed off and said, it's your company, the man told the Wall Street Journal reporters.
0: Mm, Through Parrish,
1: Cooper hired Michael Franzese, stepson of a crime family boss who himself had recently been convicted on federal racketeering and tax conspiracy charges. (laughs) He spent six months supposedly looking for investors while running up $29,000 on a company credit card before being arrested on an unrelated parole charge and sent back to prison. (laughs) Cooper's next plan for financing was to find a desperate small community in need of jobs that his airplane plans could provide. Over a period of several years he negotiated with five towns, while regaling local politicians with tales from space and handing out autographed photographs. His negotiations with Edinburgh, Texas, began in 1991. Here was this hero, this national hero, recalled Rudy de la Vina, then the mayor. We believed in Colonel Cooper, recalled Alejo Salinas, Jr., then a city commissioner. There was a glimmer of hope for development, Salinas remembered. Then, he continued, they took our glimmer, and they took our money. The town decided to loan Cooper's company $1.3 million, a major chunk of its annual budget, although other local entities were suspicious. The Independent Council for South Texas Economic Progress warned that there were many unanswered questions and huge gaps in Galaxy's financial statements and bona fides, but when compared with the reputation of an astronaut hero, these views were ignored. Uh. In 1992, Cooper led the town's Fiesta Hidalgo parade to celebrate the deal. There was a glimmer of hope for development, Salinas remembered. Then, he continued, they took our glimmer, and they took our money. Added Charlie Espinoza, the one commissioner out of five who had voted against the deal, it was too good to be true. Uh, As Cooper's company spent the money, it Uh. failed to make progress on the project. At one point, to get some operating funds, it cashed in a $325,000 bond which it had listed as collateral for the town's loan. Cooper says the town gave permission. Two Edinburgh officials say they never were asked. Cooper offered to replace the collateral with an airplane and three town officials flew to California to look at it rather than just take Cooper's word for it. Rather than show them the plane, Cooper drove them past Hollywood homes, the Santa Monica beaches, and offered to introduce them to John Travolta before putting (laughs) them back on their flight without ever showing them the plane they had come to see. Cooper later claimed they weren't interested in the plane and just wanted to go sightseeing.
0: Oh my God.
1: Soon the money was gone and the project collapsed, and the town never got any collateral for the defaulted loan. By then, Cooper was already negotiating with other towns. He went to Macon, Georgia, but his demand to take over existing facilities was rejected. He went to his own hometown, Shawnee, Oklahoma, and promised them 2,000 new jobs within four years if the city would finance the entire project.
0: His hometown
1: said no. (laughs) Then he tried Edwards Air Force Base, California, where aerospace cutbacks had hurt the local economy but where there were many retired pilots who might be expected to like the idea or, at least, like anything that a famous astronaut was proposing. The Mm. town of Lancaster decided to give Cooper's company $300,000 to set up shop, Cooper, meanwhile, also liquidated most of his own holdings, including land in Colorado given to him by his mother, to provide more funds. Arnie Rodeo, who was mayor of Lancaster at the time, told Wall Street Journal reporters they hadn't realized that Galaxy was operating on a shoestring. When the project failed to materialize, the town sued Cooper's company and won a court judgment, which as of the time of the article, 1997, hadn't been paid. Rodeo lost his re-election bid when the Cooper project became a campaign issue in the next town election. According to court documents reviewed by the Wall Street Journal, Cooper denied any wrongdoing and blamed all of the failures on each of the towns. Uh. He also criticized Edinburgh for breaking a promise not to sue him for default. Certainly I feel bad that we didn't have a successfully going project down there, he told a reporter. But there were valid reasons why we didn't. During the interview for The Wall Street Journal in 1997, Cooper described how it would only take $2 million to get his company back on its feet and making a profit. He believed it was just a matter of time, despite two failed attempts to take the company public and raise funds through stock sales. The dramatic aerial maneuvers that Cooper describes having personally witnessed, she writes, never happened, and never could have happened. According to the Wall Street Journal, Cooper had his eye on a project to build logging helicopters for Fiji, and he had been in touch with an inventor of a new piston engine for small airplanes that is so simple, you can't believe it will work. (laughs) Investors from Mexico and Taiwan were looking him over, he told reporters. We don't have a check in hand, he admitted in 1997, but we're looking very optimistic. The Flying Saucer That Didn't Another get-rich project Cooper championed in his autobiography Leap of Faith was Wendell Welling's flying saucer engine the Utah rancher had invented and tested on his ranch in Utah. Cooper describes, page 207, his visit there after Welling had died and the impression the device made on him. I sat at the control station about 10 feet away. The sole flight control was an airplane-type stick. The only noise in the room was the slight whir of the generator. I applied gently backward pressure on the stick and the saucer jumped off the test stand soundlessly and rose into the air effortlessly to 10 feet or so. Mm, I was amazed by the ease with which the bird took flight. Up and down it went as I moved the stick forward and back. I was extremely impressed with the saucer's lift capabilities with very little power the fan wasn't even powerful enough to move air effectively through a large room on a hot day this thing flat out flew i flew this saucer for about 10 minutes and the experience really opened my eyes
0: so he's he's doing a prototype with a device that's obviously got a cable tether to it for electricity right because he's talking about a generator in the room um
2: I don't think Cooper ever believed that was going to work. You know,
0: no, because you're going to have to uh, add, add, add so. that you have to add that generator that's creating the high voltage for the fan to be actually on the device to lift lift that up as well. Now, if it doesn't lift up the weight of uh, the generator, then it's pointless because it's never going to get off the ground unless you have flying sources that have. Uh, high voltage cables go into it everywhere and that's, just not going to work. Uh, that's no, what Tesla was not. trying to work on. He was trying to work on that, um, radiant energy idea of free energy that you could just, yeah. uh, he could beam it into the atmosphere and you can then tap it back from the atmosphere without having the cable. Uh, cause he knew that you, you could do a lot of things with high voltage and so did tell Sam that's Brown, so right?
2: Ridiculous. Yeah.
0: I think Gordon was a wee bit naive rather than a scam artist myself. And he he actually believed in the stuff like um, Brandon Fugel did with the the free energy device that he got conned on. And they're using a billionaire's name to get more investors. Likewise Mm -hmm. with Gordon, they're using his fame to get investors and more money to fund uh, basically the research into it or whatever, you know. I don't think he's such a bad person. Now I'm reading all this again. Uh, I think, and of course, uh, he may have been fed disinformation on the UFO stuff too, and believed it, right? Yeah. So I well, think he was a is, wee bit gullible.
2: Yeah. Well, this was time of writing it. I think it said 1997, didn't it? Well, Cooper's yeah. book didn't come out until 2000. And Cooper passed away in 2004. So we had plenty of time to respond to these um, type of accusations, didn't he?
0: Yeah, but his middle condition had dropped off by then, hasn't it? Too? Yeah, I'd I say so,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that last documentary then, um, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, Cooper's he, treasure. He was... No, no, no. No, um, um I'll show thing.
0: you. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll just yeah, finish yeah. off well, the article. Anyway, we're getting down yeah, the yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, carry on with
1: Eyes to what a vehicle of this configuration would do, specifically, the tremendous lift that could be developed from the saucer shape. Boy, I thought, we've been going the wrong way all these years with winged aircraft. Page 266, I've never forgotten what I saw, in Wendell Welling's barn. The story was the sensation of the UFO internet after the book came out, and its implications were obvious. Wrote one blogger, it's too bad some dot-com millionaire in the States isn't interested in this stuff. Apparently there's a barn full of made-in-the-USA, functioning prototype flying saucers just sitting there waiting to take someone in us. To the next not, level not
0: exactly <laughs> steve
1: Ballmer or those google guys could probably finance the effort out of couch change it would just need somebody else's money curious mm. to track down what had become of this invention with a few lucky breaks i tracked down wellings daughter gloria
0: well, when you think about it the flying cars they have got you know google's got a flying car that they were they were testing out in nelson and it was flying some customers to the airport and back to their house and short distances on, um, and it would recharge the batteries per, uh, next flight. So they always had a full charge. So, um, again, that's where they got the energy density and you know, the weight down, but can provide enough energy to power. Uh, The fans that lift up the craft, right? So, this is where this idea is actually developed into flying cars, and they, they, they do exist out there. But this one here has got a cable attached, and there's no way that would work.
1: Gloria. She was amused by his book's description of the demonstration flight, which she attended, because according to her, it never happened. He was there, all right. And she didn't even think to take photos, sadly, but the model was covered with dust and had no power connection and hadn't flown in years. And it didn't for Cooper. Gordon didn't hold any controls and fly a prototype around a warehouse for 10 minutes. She emailed me in 2015. The dramatic aerial maneuvers that Cooper describes having personally witnessed, she writes, never happened and never could have happened. One small motor was turned on and vibrated on the test stand. That is all. Bless Gordon's heart. She had written. He didn't write down his memories of northern Utah quite soon enough and got a few facts wrong.
0: So he could have had a memory problem there then. Uh, or, or he's a Yeah,
2: yeah I, Paul, you know, I have to be honest. Um, I, I think the guy deliberately told lies.
0: Yeah, I think you might be right. But Uh, I think initially... It's very
2: difficult uh, to be any kinder than that, you know.
0: Yeah, maybe he was displaying the gullibility thing, you know, uh, that he actually believed in it, and he was actually just telling lies. But anyway, people can make up their own minds. Um, We've presented what we can here today, um, and... uh, Yeah, it's a bit bit of a shame, really. Um, Yeah. it I thought he was actually air. one of the better astronauts. Um, next, uh, and Mitchell has his own problems too, and so does Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> so.
2: Well, oh, good job, yeah. Well, mm. well, Mitchell got some really weird stuff before before his days um, had passed. You know, some really weird stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, how about that Boyd Bushman guy? Harry come up with all that crap with all those fake photographs and renderings and well, uh, K- imagine, alien dog.
2: Oh, the Walmart alien. Well, you know, imagine having a career like that and then letting yeah. it all down with, a, with a, a crackpot story such as that. Yeah.
0: And, uh, yeah i suppose people would believe him without a video because he was meant to be a trusted astronaut going you know this is the problem maybe
2: yeah he you know. was a, he was in a he was in a position where people looked up to him and what well, people invested in him, didn't they as yeah. we've just seen um and uh, yeah it's it's an awful shame but i'll tell you he reminds me of a little bit is is corso you know yeah mm. Because reading *Leap of Faith*, um, even even a space um sounded a little bit sci-fi to me, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's the guy that made up claims about fibre optics, from UFOs, and uh, transistor and silicon chips oh, and all that sort of stuff.
2: God, yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, I can we... see why why he done it. He done it as a legacy to his family, really, because. Carson knew he wouldn't see much of the money. Um, he, he knew he was on kind of Bodo time uh, by the time of the publication of that book. Um who published a book for him? My God, Bill Burns. You know, that, that guy believes in unicorns and God knows what.
3: Mm.
0: Yep. Uh, we'll just finish off the article anyway, but yeah. It's a good yeah. discussion point, right? So this is like our first one. We might bring them up again in the future as more stuff develops or new finds come out or whatever. But yeah. uh, it sort of does sort of uh, kick in the guts, uh, James Fox's uh, Out of the Blue movie there, that Gordon Cooper well, clip. Ch- James, right James, Fox,
2: oh, James Fox is a standing joke to me. Mm, yeah i'd have to agree yeah, um, I, I can tell you now i'm not on my own
0: now you got me on your side on that one <laughs> and i think probably even cambians on your side on that comment.
2: <laughs> yeah
0: you yeah, know that latest movie was a real a sh- in your face how terrible he was um
2: yeah it- yeah
0: you know, they go out to where a UFO had landed and they didn't even get out a basic um, metal finder and or radiation detector or anything like that, you know, EMF EMS, even.
2: EMF, like counter, didn't Try even go Phil. to the house, ask them if they'd seen anything. Yeah. You know, the house The house was like 50 yards from where the UFO was supposed to have crashed and the military yeah. came down to pick up all the pieces, you know, yeah. like they wouldn't have noticed. Yeah, uh, We didn't even look. No attempt made to track down the people who lived there if they were not no longer living there. Every chance yeah. they were still living there. Just knock yeah. on the door and show... Well, maybe <laughs> they did. They said something that they didn't like. Yeah, considering can claims
0: to be an investigator, journalist or movie maker or whatever, um, there was serious yeah. research done. Yeah. And, and yeah. the way way the half the movie was him get the translator to read back what they said instead of editing the movie so they had a voiceover instead. <laughs> I thought that was a, yeah. a cotton job, you know, making the movie twice as long as it should be. And um, he's got
2: this blonde bird like a Brazilian supermodel <laughs> hanging off his... What the hell did she have to do with anything? She never even said anything. Just made yeah. him look good. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that witness to the crash, I didn't believe the word he was saying.
0: No, I didn't believe him either. And, of course, they go no. up that driveway of the other person. Of course, he's going to be pissed, peed off. You know, these people suddenly arriving at his doorstep without any warning. Um, and he told him he didn't want to have a meeting. Imagine if he did that to my mother, mother, my mother would be really uh, shouting and boiling, you know, saying, "How dare you come around without letting me know?"
2: <laughs> but I was yeah. done with James Fox before that. You know the Phenomena film when he included yeah. the um, yeah. the testimony of William T. Cooper. Which, oh, I was actually going to Coleman. You mean Coleman? William T. Coleman, yes. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've actually I'm got that
0: um, to man. to talk about next time, uh, unless you want to join me. <laughs> I've actually got that here um, queued up. Yes,
2: I sent that, yeah. I sent that to you, yeah. We did. We did actually cover it. it. was. Oh God, it was. It was just after Phenomena came out, so I yeah. remember uh, posting my opinions um,
1: yeah.
2: about Coleman on um, David Beattie's group and David Beattie, the right very me farmer, calls out um, James Fox's new film and has a massive takes a massive dump on it and um, I says, hold on, I've got a reason for doing that. And yeah. um, I sent him I sent him this same link and another one. Yeah. And he looked at it and he ended up putting a like on them. So, like, even David Beatty got sucked in by a stupid Coleman. Only mm. I me, mean, sucked made, in by he Fox. Made in. That story up until he had his own TV show.
0: You're talking about Fox, not Co- Coleman, aren't you? No, I'm well, not are you...
2: talking about Coleman coleman had his own ufo he was director of it or um and then that's when he made the story up yeah but he had the background as a pilot you see well for that flight that day um i knew it was off um you don't go chasing a ufo UFO in a bomber with like nine crew on board over a field at like a level of 100 feet you just don't
0: do it it's irresponsible yeah i was just going to go yeah. over that actually that part yeah. of the story actually checks out um it wasn't a, a bomber that you're thinking of it's actually like a, a special type of bomber they used uh, in vietnam that actually did fly at treetop and i was going to go over all the technical stuff where his story yeah. could be true well, it-
2: yeah, it's nah, there's no way he's going to be swinging it around.
0: But anyway, but that, we'll cover like, that next. We'll cover that one next. next on that's a, that's another, that's another live to cover. Stuff. There,
2: well, he couldn't even find the flight log. There was no flight log, he made it all up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but some of the stuff he said is technically true, but. Did it really happen is another thing of that side of the story, and I, I think maybe it's uh, it didn't, he was using it to make money or whatever. But anyway, I'll, I'll go over that next live. <laughs> uh, it's never ending that stuff we've got to go yeah, over.
2: Yeah, the is
0: Yeah, I, I try to keep things balanced look at things that could be true, and then this is what they're claiming, it sounds a bit dodgy, and then uh, some up, uh, some, some make a summary of it at that stage. But, yeah, we'll just finish off this article anyway.
1: <laughs> Wrong. But he was excited and met well, I think. So, no, the plans were never sold to foreign countries. And, no, there's no gold mine of saucers in some northern Utah shed. These sa- ad stories may provide adequate context for assessing the accuracy of the aerospace tales Cooper was telling in those years, and perhaps insights into speculating on his motivation, a subject beyond the scope of this article. James Oberg is a retired space shuttle mission control specialist Uh, and a widely published (laughs) author of spaceflight around the world. After leaving NASA, he worked for the U.S. Space Command to write its seminal doctrinal book, Space Power Theory. Following the Columbia shuttle disaster in 2003, he served as a space consultant for NBC News. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we got to the end. <laughs> I thought there was a wee bit yeah. more to go. But, uh, Loss of Faith co- Gordon oh, Cooper's post NASA. I'll just close that down. Ooh, uh, you disappeared. I'm not sure if you're still there or not. Oh, yep. <laughs> Oh, I need to go to toilet gang. It's been another hour or so, has it? <laughs> um, yeah, there was something else on that article. There's some pictures, I think. Let's just have a quick look. All oh, right, it was these little graphic things they had in. All oh, right, that's how you can see how the reader took all the gra- uh, text off the page and read out the text without. The graphics getting in the way and uh, the web links so that little book thing they have does sort of help it out all right there's one of the images what's this one looks like it's too small to read convert air into energy and <laughs> this sounds like a, yeah. a scam doesn't it <laughs> oh my god uh, so that was the ad uh, what else we got anything else and uh, no. i thought it might have been something else uh did he do that mm. one all oh, right this is his quote that they read out he said at the control station which uh, they're saying couldn't have happened oh, daughter could said that it couldn't happen you know it's like all these inventors they start on stuff in their big uh, garage or warehouse and they never ever get it off the ground and it ends up this, uh, ended up being another project that never worked and has a tarp thrown over it. It's funny, it's in Utah as well. Um, who was the guy that conned uh, Brandon Fugin? It wasn't the same guy, was it? <laughs> uh, what they call it? The spinning gyro thing. You, you heard about the Brandon Fuegel thing? There was meant to be a fairly good little uh, documentary on... On that, on free nope. frugal.
2: I can't see half.
0: Of it. Ah. yeah. I think maybe you can even search on that uh, frugal free energy device. Let's see what comes up. Uh, Brandon figure owner of the mysterious skinwalker ranch. No, not that one. Oh, here we go. Anti-gravity technology. TikTok. It might be a clip. Oh, here you go. So I'm not sure where the full video uh, documentary is. Uh, Let's see. Does it play? Does it play? Come on. You notice these strange objects, these are not movie props. I'll just make it full screen. These are what we call forced process gyroscopic mechanisms. These were constructed in conjunction with a private, confidential, technology endeavour testing gravitational
2: physics theories. Oh, that's Green
0: Streak there. So that must have been from Green Streak's documentary.
2: Correct. So you had these constructed to test an experiment with anti-gravity?
1: Correct. And what many believe to be the technology that would potentially drive or propel flying
0: saucers. Did you achieve anti-gravity? We'll get to that. Okay. (laughs) no.
1: Brandon sits me down and tells me.
0: Yeah, okay. So, um, that wasn't what I was after. There's another documentary uh, earlier than that. That's the Green Streak update. Yeah, I've seen that. But there's another documentary... About how he got involved with this uh, scammer, pretty much.
2: <laughs> hmm. uh, the only thing I, I'll say about um, Green Street's documentary, um, yeah, sure, sure. They shouldn't have tried to pass that spider's web off as something anomalous. But the thing is, a supernatural activity it happens everywhere, not just on skinwalkers and. Um, hmm. Yeah. There's been more books on haunted angle, see, than there has on Skinwalker. You can't capture this stuff. It's um it's it's a trickster. It's always one step ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And so you know you can put as many cameras and as many devices at Skinwalker as you like. Um yeah. you're never gonna get conclusive proof of anything no. unless you develop a, a new type of sensor that can somehow you know, pick stuff up, but I don't, I don't know if that's, there might be, be um, a way in
0: doing it with LIDAR at the same time. So if you're taking a video and you do a LIDAR scan, that gives you more yeah. information off three in three dimensional space. Right. Yeah. Uh, and if you had uh, stereoscopic cameras, two cameras film in the same area, I think that would add a lot to it. Cause then you can see how big the object is and, how far away it really is because you're seeing it like human eyes and mix in with light lidar scan there might be a way to do it you know and even maybe uh, if it was like a skid walker walking across a field you could have a like a laser grid that or, or sensors in the ground that trigger as as it's moving now they do that on ghost hunting shows now with what they call these led sensor mats and it's like a, they roll it out like a mm. piece of carpet on hallways and then anything passes over it um magnetic or even pressure it lights up these led lights and i thought that's a really clever way to document something physically not just use cameras um so they have actually detected stuff triggering these mats and they're asking it to walk forward and it's it that's Lighting up forward unless there's some trickery going on where it's been hoaxed which we can never ever be a hundred percent sure um it's sort of something you'd have to have someone really credible instead of normal someone trying to sell a tv shows. it has to be like done with a group of scientists or something that you, you tr- trust and respect but yeah, uh, yeah. Brandon Fugel stuff uh, might have to maybe do a, a another live show on that one. But yeah, see if we can dig up the old footage of him in this particular uh, experiment thing with the flywheel thing. <laughs> uh, not sure if we could find it now, but there might be something yeah, out
2: there. Yeah, well, I'll I'll, I'll I'll get off now. Um.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to wrap up now. Up. I'm going to wrap up now anyway, but okay, be then. yeah. Um, the comments down here though on this particular episode was what I was going to round round up on. Wow. I never had read any of this about Cooper before. No, none of us have. Sounds like he was a scam artist. Yeah. It's possible that he was a scam artist or very gullible or Uh, mental problem was Cooper the product of a of a leak in NASA's selection system Gordon Cooper I met Gordon Cooper twice he had some time at Beechcraft Bonanza he had a well he had it well in the early 90's because one of the times I met him uh, when we both uh, spoke at the Bonanza association meeting on safety bonanza at the time had been having a serious issue were in high level non aviation professional here in brackets killer so what is Bonanza is it like an aircraft safety thing is it Bonanza Association had been put heads to give a some safety meetings at the national and regional conventions to try and stem at that. So what's he trying to say here? Has quite a lot of reading again. I didn't think it was going to be that much. He was pleasant to talk to, had some interest in recollections of both his Mercury and Gemini flights, and he seemed to still grasp orbital... Mechanics. He was particularly interested in the REM, REP, I mean, uh, that he had flown on GV. Gemini vehicle, was it? Uh, memory of that seemed quite good. What he didn't recall was our first meeting. Uh, Dad, mum, and I flew down to spaceland airport in 69 to be part of the awards yeah but would he remember that you know um there's lots of things i don't remember exactly but i don't know i don't think that really puts him in doubt i recall the trip for other reasons including the science fair uh, poor devil sounds like he was mentally ill. Uh, what being described here sounds awfully like uh, the ma- mania end of bipolar. Bipolar.
2: Bipolar.
0: Yeah, that's what he's oh, saying.
2: Yeah, bipolar is a little bit on that. that that's. Um
0: that's depression, isn't it? Where you go oh, high on okay. happy and also go really uh, down yeah, that's and sad. Good. Yeah. But he's saying, yeah, man- I, I've never heard of this term, mania end of bipolar. So I'm not sure what it means by that.
2: No, I don't know. But I dated a girl with bipolar, and my God, she could turn on a dime.
0: Yeah, I, I had a friend like that too. And in the end, we, we decided to stay apart. Yourself. Yeah, uh, they can Ooh. be extremely happy and, uh, all that, but then yeah. they can t- turn, like you said, turn on a dime and be really nasty as well.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: I deleted the time on my DVR of Cooper's treasure. I don't, I don't know why though, because it's a good show. I fought. Uh, the map thing, may be, uh, maybe Harry made the map, may be a lie, but he still made the map, and they did find treasure at those locations. So it's still a good watch. Um, honor your father. The ancient bit of wisdom. What's he talking about there? Uh, also, although Gordo was a awesome astronaut, he all, always had the issues ever since that meeting on Merv Griffin show. The greedy gold fever demons took hold. Then in the seventies he got the chip that chip like all the others in the treasure diving community gets the gets the better than their altitude. That's when I lost my caring for him. So he got gold fever for treasure hunting, is what he's saying there, I think. (laughs) However, I think that he helped get the other astronauts used to the idea of prolonged space-time. What the hell is he talking about there? Although the treasure salvage community is a different story, though, ever
2: since yeah he's just saying prolonged space time too long in space can cause mental issues yeah, yeah. So he's okay. saying that.
0: well that's possible radiation and also g-forces and all that sort of stuff can you please explain the results of the show the first four shipwrecks on the map that they investigate are found including a shipwreck off uh, turks and cassius uh, Anchor was discovered on that wreck, which may prove to be one from Christopher Columbus' vessels. I'm going to wait for the results on the discoveries. Unfortunately, the show never completed. Really, uh, Cooper's okay. map is just a swindle. But please continue to trash the man's name. <laughs> So, why is it so hard for people to consider that he may not have been crazy? Uh, Dr. Greer. <laughs> this guy's a Dr. Greer fan. Uh, the Disclosure Project took uh, took it up. Hundreds of first-hand interviews. Um
2: yeah, Me with and pilots. pilots and yeah, high-ranking officials that these on the existence of UFOs. I mean, that's true enough. but Stephen <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, what what year was that? Hold on, three hundred and seventy. Oh no, he was already a charlatan by then. Yeah, I mean, Greer's only good work came in the nineties. After that, he just uh progressively got more, think- turned into more. He's like
0: the yeah. council leader these days. Yeah, uh, I not I don't understand Stephen Greer. He's obviously a scam promoter. You know, those light bands was a total scam, and the, the flares being dropped and him bullshitting at those uh, events He was definitely on the money take. But back in the disclosure days, he seemed like a good organizer. He was a, I think he's a good organizer generally. And a bullshit artist, and that's got him where he is, right? Um, but yeah, you can't believe anything that Stephen Greer says. <laughs> I think uh, Cooper is probably more believable no, cool. than Greer would ever be. Um, yeah. But I think what, where Stephen got his fame was he set up, he managed to get pilots to document their stories in his own database. And I think the government, the Pentagon wanted access to it, but like they wanted access to Mufon's database and they found a way through Bigelow, didn't they? Bigelow bought up the database or something. So yeah, I think they really were only uh, interested in uh, inviting Greer to the Pentagon to try and get access to that database myself. Um, but he had all these crackpot stories of climbing the mountains and seeing the ufo and yeah and people trying to poison them and all that sort of stuff you know
2: yeah yeah assassination attempts and it's dead man's trigger if anything happens to him or one of his team there's going to be conclusive evidence coming out with aliens and yeah, well, well, hold on. If you got that, where the hell don't you release it now, mate? What's stopping yeah. you?
0: That's right. And if you can communicate to aliens, then you should be able to at least get them to come down and let you take a picture, a selfie with them or something, you know. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. someone here saying, as a narrative of Cooper's hometown, native, I mean, <laughs> Uh, Shaw, Shawnee, Oklahoma. I uh, went to the same grade store as he did, although later, and even knew the man who taught him to fly. I can speak with some authority of who he was. I will begin by saying he was. Uh, he was. Uh, what's this? I begin by saying we were distressed to see the reality show, supposedly based on his maps. Uh, we were obviously thrilled when he was named one of the original seven, gave our little town a real boost, renew him, his parents, even his grandmother. After his selection, he and his wife and daughters came back. For a parade and we, we kids got to shake his hand. Then his two times in space were exciting and he came back for another parade in front of the thousands. Then was more or less fired from NASA, didn't fit into the program anymore and frankly he didn't know what to do with himself he was an only child his father was a judge so you think he'd be an honest guy in that case then? and he, he didn't prepare himself to be anything but a pilot he came back a few times at first usually to visit classmates and was named all sorts of stuff after our favorite son some years later, after the few failed businesses ventures, which in most cases he was taken advantage of, that's what I was saying, because of his celebrity status, the new local Votech school was named for, and he was flown into uh, to attend a uh, baguette. Uh, How would you say that word? Uh, that's a French word. He was so drunk he wasn't called on to make a speech. Oh, dear. Some of his close friends sadly reported several of his attempts to start companies, but admitted he went wasn't very reliable. Nobody ever said he was a crook, but... Easily taken advantage of. Yeah, that's what I was saying, and didn't have any business sense. <laughs> oh my god, mm. uh, weatherfoot okay, but never either even got responses from coupon. So what's that about? Uh, did I miss something there? All oh, right. Uh, Admitted he wasn't reliable. Nobody ever told he was a crook, but easily taken out of. Everybody around here knew to trust him as he was, knew not to trust him, okay. Knew not to trust him uh, as he was drinking heavily. He split from his wife of 30 years Okay, that's going to bust a man up a bit too, isn't it? Many had uh, hoped he would help with a museum with NASA articles like the one Tom Stafford was setting up in Riverfoot okay, but never even got responses from Cooper. I think he wasn't really welcome there anymore especially after his book came out, uh, about aliens. Occasionally there's a push. So it sounds like he might've written the alien book for a cash grab there. Doesn't it?
2: Well, it's not, let me tell you now, it's not really an alien book. It's kind of billed as one, but it's filled with a lot of Cooper's space stories. So, uh, huh. And yeah, as I said earlier in the piece, um, when you look at his UFO stories, there's no footmarks. Book, oh God, footnotes, sorry, not footmarks. <laughs> God, not. Yeah, there's no footnotes. There's yeah. nothing you can do to research what Cooper's saying. It's purely anecdotal, no names, no dates. Well, there's approximate dates a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, But no, there's just nothing to run with.
0: Yeah. Uh, He wasn't business smart, as one classmate said some years ago. While sitting in the coffee shop, maybe something happened to him out there in space. He seemed... an alright guy in high school, uh little spilt, but nice enough guy. In- incidentally, Cooper would be 10 years old now, and one has to wonder how his author of the TV show, eh? I must have mis- misread that somehow, have I? cooper would be 90 years old okay i I read that as 10 did i (laughs) and one has to wonder how this author of the tv show and even his dad would have been friends with the old astronaut okay so when was that doesn't say a year does it uh 331 weeks ago <laughs> so yeah so there's a few more comments there but you can read the article did i post up the article i don't think i did but we'll post it up the side you can go and read the other comments there if you want to mm-hmm. Sounds like he deteriorated well, as he got older in life, right? So that's fair enough. I, um, I,
2: I certainly think so. But at the same time, you know, I have to say personally that he was inclined to tell tall tales.
0: Yeah. So he wasn't a good businessman, he liked to tell stories. No. Um, he got into the drink and his life fell apart with the wife. Uh, he, probably got de- what, you know? he, he probably got uh, depressed um, they're talking about bipolar there um, so yeah sounds like there's a famous man that sort of fell down on his luck and never really made it through through life um, and uh, mm-hmm. grifted the wee bit doesn't it sound like he grifted from these people taking advantage of him trying to make a living but he could have done so much better in life, right, with his reputation, right? He could have set up, he could have maybe got a bank to fund him a small airfield where he took people up in planes and taught them how to fly. If he just did that for well, a living, he, he would... He,
2: yeah, I mean, he got enough funding. Yeah. Um. It's Yeah, of course, if he'd started something like that, it's hard to see how it could go wrong. Yeah. But maybe he wanted to make money really quickly. I don't know. Mm. And the
0: Nightcap article, we'll just repost that one too. Cooper um, uh, Edwards uh, Air Force Base. Uh, the truth. <laughs> there you go. Oh, well, we can wrap up there now thing uh,
2: oh yeah what? please yeah
0: <laughs> yeah and uh william t coleman i'll see if i can cover that next live show and uh mm. it's up to you whether you want to join us on that one or not well uh, I'll, be, I'll
2: be back in a couple of weeks so whatever anyway like i'm sure I i'll can, um, have something
0: we can uh, cover it together if you want to or not yeah i uh, can do well, I can just leave that on that tab forever. <laughs> anyway, yeah. there's always stuff to talk about in this field. I'll say goodnight and drop you off now and I'll wrap up the okay. end credits. Oh. Okay, good night. Okay. And uh, yeah, I'll just say goodnight there on pilled And I'll just close that down. Yeah and uh, yes thanks for joining us and uh shogun and all that and hitting a like on the episode helps and comments after the show on the on the episode would be great and I'll just go off the end credits here